I'm Brian Salvatore. Um, let's see. Lasagna uh, Paisanos. Um, Frank Black. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, just kidding. It's Dan Dio impression. It's, oh, oh yeah. You, oh, that's right. I forgot my fucking uh, Dan Dio. Um, <laughs> no, it's your, it's your pal Vince. And, uh, and he's here with uh, regular... Uh, co-host Zach, and we've got a special guest to replace Brian this week. It's a uh, oh man, where do we begin with you, Mike? Um, I don't know. It's a <laughs> editor in uh, exile. Editor in exile, <laughs> uh, most tenured podcast host uh-huh. uh, on the Multiversity Network. Right? Am, am I right? I'm tied with Greg. Uh, yep, and of course Greg, who who was on a few weeks ago. Um, it's Mike Romeo, everyone. Hey, hey guys! Thanks for thanks for coming, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be to be back in the fold. Well, we're super excited to have you. You are one of the uh, most interesting guys to talk to when it comes to comics. And uh, Robots from Tomorrow is like it's the a best. show. <laughs> it's the best comics podcast on the net. Let's let's be real. Or, or, it's true. I mean, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, you know, four hours of a previews episode. Yeah, just endless, endless, endless conversation. Those you know, are my favorite. The uh, the thing about doing those episodes is that uh, we always, no matter how, like I go into recording saying like we're going to just jump right into it. And then inevitably every time we spend like 90 minutes before we even start recording just talking shit and then it just turns into well you know vince i i absolutely you know yes. what it's like yep yep you were on many moons I, ago i was on yeah that was fun oh man that I was a long one <laughs> i loved every minute of it oh, um but this is a dc podcast so for people who haven't listened to robots from tomorrow or haven't listened to your previews episodes where you talk about um, the DC and Marvel side of things. Tell us where you stand on DC Comics right now. Like, how much of this stuff are you? Re- you've read most everything for the show today, but how I much read of this work for the show today? You read everything. There you go. Like, like the scholar and gentleman that you are. That's right. I mean, I'm no Paul, but. <laughs> um, so, so, but in general, like how much DC have you been following specifically since Rebirth started? Uh, when Rebirth started, I was pretty, pretty heavy into it. Like I kind of wanted to sample everything. And uh, like Greg and I, we did like two probably back-to-back robots episodes just about Rebirth because I was pretty hyped on it. Uh, I've, to be honest, I've cooled, uh-huh. uh, since, and, uh, if I could be super honest, uh, the only DC that I'm reading regularly right now is the young animal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but that hasn't been for too long. Like I've only missed maybe like a month and a half of flash and, and things like that. So I feel like I'm loosely caught up 
because you guys like basically like I've substituted most of my DC reading for whatever you guys think. Mm-hmm. So you keep me you keep me abreast. <laughs> well, that's what good. It's good to hear that. Um, that that I, I hope you're taking our opinions with at least a modicum of salt. Well, I don't agree uh, <laughs> with everything, but you're a good compass. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and uh, so let's let's start off with a little bit of news. Um, we're just going to try to go briefly through this stuff. Uh, there were a few new DC Comics uh, that were talked about this week, um, introduced, as it were. Uh, there's going to be a Ragman mini written by Ray Fox, uh, art by Inaki Miranda. Anybody have any strong feelings on Ragman? Uh, I feel like Ray Fox comics. I understand that he's like good at what he does, but they, I never feel anything when I read them. Mm-hmm. Sounds almost like yes. a, like the worst insult I could level against someone's creative <laughs> output. But yeah. Well, I, I think I know exactly what you mean. Uh, what was that last image book that he he wrote and drew himself? Incomprehensible. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was a title something like that, and the content was definitely yes. Um, I remember reading that and thinking like, man, I admire that this guy like went out there and did this, but I have no idea what's going on, and I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. It's exactly what you said. Yeah. Um. He has. I, uh, oh, go ahead, Zach. Oh, go. I was. I, I was gonna say. I. I kind of liked Gotham after midnight, a little bit. Oh, I did too, actually. And so, if it was like this, if it, if this was like that, then it might. I don't know. I really. I fell off that book. I think after Temple Smith left, because mm. that was really kind of the big draw. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But, eh. all right. Well, uh, you know, we'll wish him the best on this one. Um, next, we've got uh, Dead Man, which is a six-issue mini uh, r- with writing and art from Neil Adams, the My great man. Neil Adams. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and uh, I know you guys are are extra excited because the first issue, at least, is going to have a glow-in-the-dark cover. I am excited about that. <laughs> it uh, it looks good. Have you guys both seen it, or yeah, have either of you seen it? No, I haven't. I've seen it. Okay, so basically, the cover has Batman, Dead Man, and and someone else on uh, some some man on the on the cover, and when it glows in the dark, you see there are skeletons and and a word balloon that says no. Oh, that sounds perfect. <laughs> It's real spooky. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's gonna be something. Yeah, Dead man on a dinosaur. <laughs> Can only hope. Shirtless. Sure. Shirtless, of course. <laughs> oh, oh I, how great would that be to have like Dead Man with his Dead Man mask on and still his tights, but then just like hairy <laughs> no chest. Shirt. That's what I want, Neil. Adam- I just want Neil Adams to reference Neil Adams. <laughs> just be an echo of himself I mean, at this point why not you know clearly he could do whatever he wants yeah 
he i want him to write himself into the story oh <laughs> he's the one batman was talking to yeah he is superman um any other thoughts on uh, on on neil adams dead man I'm just glad that they're just they're just letting Neil Adams do what he wants. Yeah, it is it is interesting how every once in a while they just give him a book and say, "Go ahead." It may <laughs> or may not have anything to do with with the current uh, landscape of the DCU, but they just let him go. Yep. That's okay. There's room for that. There is. There is. I wish you know, not for nothing. I wish they would do that with more sort of uh, mm. creators of. Uh, of previous generations, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No one in particular, just, you know, everyone needs to eat. You gotta work. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Or even or even current generation, like, writers and artists, like the um, the superpowers backups in the uh, young Tom animal. Yeah, the Tom Scioli stuff. Like, what's the harm in just letting a... a you know, like indie creator or somebody that you don't normally associate with with DC, just letting them run wild for a little bit, just a little bit. You know, don't take too much of a financial risk if you don't want to, but you know, give give them a one shot or give them a four issue mini every once in a while. I wish they would. Was it was it on this show the last time I was on that we Dreamcast uh, new uh, Rebirth titles? I believe so. <laughs> I still want that Jim Rugg Teen Titans series. Oh, God. That'd be great. Yeah. But now I'm tangible. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. All right. And the final new um, sort of uh, – well, there, okay. The final floppy comic that got announced was uh, a new Michael Cray series spinning out of the Warren Ellis Wildstorm stuff. It's going to be a 12-issue mini uh, written by Brian Hill with contributions from Warren Ellis – uh, Brian Hill is currently doing, I think, Postal, which is a Top Cow book from Image, and I, I you know, I, I hear that it's like good, like it gets good reviews, but I have to admit, I don't touch Top Cow. Yeah, there's something about him, right? There is, like as a rule, I'm just like mm, Top yeah. Cow. I don't know. And then art by N. Stephen Harris, who's done, he did Aztec: The Ultimate Man, like 20 years ago for DC. And uh, and Voltron comics, so so um, you know, not a like sexy creative team, but um, but Wildstorm. Uh, Mike, are you are you pretty are you caught up on Wildstorm at all? The the Warren Ellis current Wildstorm run. <laughs> I I didn't like it. Oh, <laughs> that's a dagger in the heart. Yeah, I'm sorry. Of the, of the DC three. I'm sorry. Uh, so you you don't have any interest in this then? No. no. Honestly, I didn't know who Michael Cray was until you you uh, until you just said it. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. Um, sorry. What, what what no what you just what what didn't you like about it? Uh, I, uh I'm we, not. We don't have to get. No, no. Like it. I'm not like a huge Ellis fan to begin with. Mm. and uh i don't know like i just i read the first two issues and it just didn't didn't do anything for me so 
Am I losing well, credibility all over the place? I, no. I, no. I... If, if Brian were here, he would say, well, you're entitled to your incorrect opinion, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm not Brian, so. I, I don't think I like it as much as Vince does. <sighs> like, as as compared to, like, Planetary or something like that. Uh, like, I'm, uh, I'm over the moon for Planetary. That's one of my, you know, forever books, but it's good. I haven't read the most recent issue yet. Oh, and that's the that's the best issue yet, Zach. That will that I need to get to it. My that's, uh, that's going to make you care about this Michael Cray book. I pro- I promise you. Really, my uh, my method for catching up on all the books I missed on my hiatus has been to binge them all. Binge all the ones that I have to have had read <laughs> by the next podcast, usually like the day before. So that's rough, um, man. because we haven't had a, a wild storm uh issue yet i haven't i haven't read the last one okay well it makes man, me I... happy that you guys like it oh thanks see that's we can we can we can have disagreements on this yeah, show and, see? and still love one another yeah we have disagreements a lot <laughs> well i say we're, a lot we're gonna we're, we're, <laughs> we're in general agreement most of the time but we all have our like weird little quirks that, uh-huh. that come out i gotta well, say glove- though when you guys the gloves dis- are gonna come off. When you guys disagree, though, it's like the most polite <laughs> thing ever. You guys are like, no, no, you go. Well, we're Run. practically all Canadians at heart, I think. Yeah. Whereas Somehow. O- like over on Robots, when we disagree, like it's just stepping on each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You guys are too nice, too. You, you, you know. All right. It's not- could- Greg doesn't. St- I step on Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. The last, last, uh, little bit of last little bit of news here is that they're doing another one of these Earth One graphic novels. This time it's Green Lantern. Uh, Corinna Bechko and Gabe Hardman <clears throat> with Jordan Boyd, uh, uh, with with Jordan Boyd on art with Corinna Bechko. Um, I am not a fan of these Earth One books. Yeah. Like I guess the Jeff Lemire Teen Titans ones were okay, um, but that's like as Jeff... good as they get. Did you, did yeah. you read the Morrison one? Wonder oh, Woman? I, I, I always forget about that. Yeah, but even that I would say was just okay. It yeah. was just but... okay for Morrison, but Paquette's art. I, I've, Paquette's I've, art. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've. I'll say I've enjoyed all of them except for Superman. Yeah, I can't do the Batman ones either. Really? It, just, it doesn't feel like Batman. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> I mean, I would say that none of them feel like anyone. I agree. Uh, I wish Hardman was... When you started uh, rattling off the creative team, I thought you were going to say that Hardman was drawing it. Mm. And that might have been enough to get me through the door. Maybe, well, let me, so this is this is the Invisible Republic creative team. Yeah. And and I think they did like, didn't they do? Didn't the same team do like the Planet of the Apes book for a while? Yeah, but yep. that was Hardman on art. Was it? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of the. They did this. I thought that they had all done something else together. Maybe it was oh. that Star Wars book. Gabe Hardman is on art. Really? Yeah. Yep. Jordan Boyd really? is coloring. Yep. Oh. oh dang. Okay. That tells a different tale. Yeah. Because Hartman is an animal. Unless I'm, unless I'm reading no, this wrong. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because like, if it's the same as on Invisible Republic, um, mm-hmm. Hartman 
does do the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, well, and I think, I think I think it I think that's I think it's true. The problem is, is that I I can't find a solicit. I can only find like uh like a columnist interpretation of DC's whatever they sent out to people. Mm. Uh, but uh-huh. it looks it looks to me like it's writer artist Gabe Hardman. So I, it looks like he's doing both. I might have to Karina read a Green, a Green Lantern book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did, you know, but this, this is kind of, this kind of brings up your, our like earlier point about like giving, giving, uh, you know, these great creators their own little area to work with, you know? Yeah. Little play pens. Um, yeah. That's, I, if this, if Earth One could kind of become that and get like a little weirder, that was always my problem with these. If, I could never tell what they were. Like, they're all, they all are like origin stories, basically. They all like tweak the origins a little bit, but not enough to be interesting, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, like just enough were... to confuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> confuse anyone who walks into a Barnes and Noble and says, like, oh, okay, this is where I start with Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Also, um, like, I feel. You know, to go back to the Teen Titans one, I don't understand how you get Jeff Lemire to do a Teen Titans book and not let him at least draw some of it. Or not oh, yeah. let him, but, like, get him to, you know? Right. Uh, but Yeah, I don't... Uh, maybe yeah. that's just me. Maybe I haven't read me. the second one of those. I've only read the first one of the Teen Titans. Mm. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. They're... We so we've got we've got this one now, and they haven't said anything about it. But supposedly there's the Manipool Aquaman one still <laughs> in gestation. Yeah, is which he they writing said or doing the art? Both. Hmm. Which they said was coming out in 2016. Um, did they say that? They did or, say that. I thought that was that. Oh, I don't. When was that announced? I don't even in remember. In 2015, they said they were coming out in 2016. <laughs> Well, those always take way longer than they say. Yeah, yeah. Morrison yeah, was working on Trinity. The... Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah, Morrison so Paquette on one was. Burner. See, now I'm doing it to you guys. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just no. stepping all over. No, 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 no. See, and now you're being polite. <laughs> but yeah, Mike, that Morrison Paquette one took forever to come you're, out. You're the guest here, so. And I'm gonna be rude as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I could say that, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, all right. So this is, you know, usually where we take a break. So, uh, listen to this little commercial where we try to sell you on a different podcast <laughs> on the multiversity network. Maybe mine. And maybe it might be, I don't know what Brian's going to edit this. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. Even um, when he's not here. He's here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he's listening. Um, all right. So we'll be back in a second. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week, we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month, we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. 
Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, so fellas, uh, time to get into this week's books. And, and Mike proudly said at the top of the show that he read everything. I did. I can, gu- I can guarantee you he did better than either Zach or I. <laughs> I'm interested in it because it's hard for me to keep track of which books you guys are not like which ones you skip and which ones like who skips yeah. what basically. Basically. Yeah. So, uh, some, I mean, what? I mean, like as far as the rebirth and young animal books are concerned, we cover them all, but yeah, various members of the DC three tend to skip certain certain comics so i'll tell you what um, though this was a week of highs and lows highs and lows indeed i yes manic reading i would yep (laughs) oh man you didn't even get a you didn't even get the classic uh double tap that is blue beetle and batman beyond (laughs) (laughs) imagine if it would have been that week who's on art on blue beetle um uh scott collins which is good i could get by on that he's the good he's the good part he's the good part is the deal writing it (laughs) no (laughs) it's uh it's uh giffen and damateus and it's not uh all right yeah i remember i read like the first two issues of that and it was not not good yeah Every, every character has to um constantly bully and verbally pick on every other character at all times it's a basically it's an Abbott and Costello routine that isn't funny and never ends like a mean-spirited Abbott and Costello yeah 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 basically all right so we're gonna go like mostly in alphabetical order here but I think you know the big news comic of the week for DC was Dark Days the casting uh and I know that Brian is somewhere just kicking his own ass that he can't be here to to talk about this so we're Especially gonna talk about he'll the... feel way differently about it than i did oh i bet i can just imagine yeah yeah um yeah i'm sure he loved this um and i and i i probably could have guessed but i take it that you didn't i did not no <laughs> so um so what this is obviously is the like well, it's weird because this is like the second one shot, which has a different title for introducing Scott Snyder's metal, but it's really the sequel to the first one, which was The Forge, and neither of them have metal in the title. Well, but these... <laughs> if, but they talk about these it. Are, these yeah. are all... Uh, isn't this like like forging and casting that's all like metalworking terminology well it is it is so it's right. so it's clever it is snyder yeah. is very clever <laughs> but i feel like dark days like you know the title is dark days i feel like dark days was going to be the event and then they kind of shuttered it off to the side and and turned metal into the event well because after, tougher. after dark days there are dark nights you know <laughs> yeah Ooh, right it's time but I feel like they've been teasing Dark Days, and that's turned out to be, like, nothing, basically. Yeah. So I feel like something weird went on here. Um, they pulled some sort of switcheroo on us, I think. I, it's, uh, I it's thought Trinity that, too. War all over again. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Remember the but, Weekly um, Trinity series? The Tandem? Yeah, I didn't read that. 
I did read that. It wasn't good. No, that was, was that was before good. my uh, before I was like a monthly reader, mm. and the trades were always prohibitively expensive, so I never checked that out. Was that Kurt Busiek? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Man, it should have been better. Should have been. <laughs> but wasn't. But anyway, dark days. Yeah. So, so, I, have, so I have a bunch of questions. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, Can I ask let's, you guys we'll... questions? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can I play the fool? He doesn't know what's happening. Uh, so the Everybody first question, <laughs> the first question I have written down is, uh, wasn't this supposed to be self-contained? Yes. And now it's not. Well, no. I think it maybe still is. Well, 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 well no, okay. no, no, because this isn't the main series, right? This is just like the preamble. Well, right. yeah, but I think that was always going to be the thing. And then aren't isn't there another series of like different Batmans doing Yeah, but I think that's just like tie-in shenanigans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's not self-contained. Yeah. Well, can, can I can I, I, I guess I have to do like a different Can I give the the yeah, like yeah. overview here? So, when Scott Snyder first teased this on Twitter, he was very adamant that metal was going to be metal and it was going to be self-contained. And he said that there may be, there may be stuff that is touched on in other books, but it's not going to be this like big branching chain of crossovers and uh, special tie-ins and things like that. And that's clearly no longer the case (laughs) because when he first started talking about metal, he made it sound, you know, whether he meant to or not, he made it sound like it was metal one through eight or whatever, and that's it. <laughs> it uh, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess you're right. It doesn't bode well for uh, Jeff Johns' little Superman, Doctor Manhattan thing either. That's what I was gonna okay. get to. Because <laughs> that's supposed to be self-contained as it stands today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no way DC can't. They can't help themselves. You're right. You're right. I, I gotta say, um, when that when DC released that like tie-in list for metal that like, like something like in my brain, like snapped <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, and I like had that compulsion that I haven't felt in a really long time to buy a bunch of comics that I'll never read. Oh man. You know what though? As sort of, uh, with all the bad that can come of that, like there's nothing like that sort of high of just buying like every event comic i know i know <laughs> you just like lose yourself in it that, that is a thing for sure it's like a bender yeah oh god yes that is my version of a bender isn't it <laughs> oh but then yeah not, so now we've got the the dark days one shots and then we've got these batman weird evil batman books and you've got like the the arc that's going through what like nightwing detective and teen titans or something like that uh, yeah i think it's i think it's nightwing teen titans suicide squad and green arrow oh because of course suicide squad had to be involved right. somehow right. and you've got isn't there like a uh isn't there like a, a batman like another batman one shot coming Right, right. So I think Metal is going to be on hiatus in November. <laughs> and there's going to be Mid-season a Batman. Finale. Yeah, Batman one-shot. Uh, 
in when Batman goes into the Black Lodge and then we wait 20 years until he comes out again. <laughs> yeah. It's 25, Vince. 25, yeah. <laughs> well, it, uh, didn't it end up being 26, though? Nah. You shut, you shut your mouth, yeah. Zach. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's 25 years if you count it by when they went into production. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so oh. so the, the next, the next uh, thing I have jotted down to, to move it <laughs> to not meander. Um, uh, I have Hawk Origins question mark. Yeah, uh, they're doing they're doing that again. <laughs> yeah, like is this a Jeff Johns comic? <laughs> almost, almost. Um, I don't know, man. I like Hawk World. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like I don't I don't know. I feel like that's more of a like a comic booky idea than they're they were from Egypt and keep coming back. You know. See, and it's weird because, like, I think most people like Hawkworld, you know? Yeah, it's I think, a whole planet for, of them. Yeah, and I think for most people, like, that's the ideal origin. But for whatever reason, they're trying to they're, – they're, you either catch them trying to have their entire cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. or, like, trying to move it towards this, quote-unquote, more realistic – more realistic origin that happens to also concern infinite reincarnation <laughs> and you know yeah but it but, just but it just on, felt like they were muddying that snyder was like muddying the the hawk narrative just a little bit more absolutely which which is interesting because he was probably tasked with streamlining it and i don't think for longtime readers i don't think this does anything to do that for, no, some, for somebody for somebody new that knows nothing about Hawkman, they're going to come in and they're going to say, "Oh, well, okay, this is the this is the Hawkman origin." Then, but for anyone who's ever read another Hawkman comic, it was a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I agree. Yeah, um, especially since like you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. No, like they could have come from Hawk World and just been in Egypt first a long time ago. Like you can do both the things. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? I'm not Scott Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing Batman books. Yeah. Um. Uh. Crisis. Yeah. Crisis has has a crisis been seeded anywhere else? I have so in my notes. That- that uh, that there's a mention of a crisis coming on page six, and I just looked mm-hmm. at page six, and it is so dense with dialogue that I couldn't like, I couldn't Why skim for crisis? it. You know, it could be like any one of these nine hundred words. <laughs> uh, but yeah. somewhere on that page, uh, uh, either Bruce or Diana mentions probably Diana mentions a crisis coming. Also, I call yes. her Diana. I think I think even. It doesn't Joker? Say the Joker does. Crisis? The Joker. The Joker calls it the Dark Crisis. Right. Right. So and, has uh, there has there been any sort of mention? Like, have there been crisis hints yet, or is this sort of the beginning of uh, that? Zach, what is that? Is it Forever Crisis that they've been mentioning over and over again for the last couple of years? That's been a thing. Didn't that get mentioned in like Hitch's Justice League? Yeah. Recently. So Brian Hitch has been mentioning some sort of forever crisis, and now these uh, Dark Days one shots have mentioned the crisis a couple times. So that's an but as, apart from that, 
there's been really no crisis talk. So this is like the first seeding of some sort of dark crisis. Interesting. Yeah. But that's that's an important word. So, you know, we yeah. all take note. Right, yeah. right. More, imper- more, important? more important than rebirth, I would argue. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Although that we we on the DC three Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, we've talked about how like considering that rebirth itself is like this quote unquote two year plan, haven't we talked about it culminating in a crisis that essentially launches DC into whatever their next relaunch is? Yeah, yeah. Because you know they're you know they're just going to relaunch a bunch of new books once they deal with whatever this Watchmen shit is. You know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, because yeah. if you, like, look at the timeline, well, I don't know. When is the Jeff Johns thing supposed to start? Is it, like, November, December? Yeah, it's or like is it next, next winter. This coming winter, I think. Yeah, I okay. think it is. I think, yeah, yep. Okay. And we don't really know how long exactly it's going to be, but, like, Metal's supposed to run through, like, uh, February, I think. And then I'm sure... Uh, Doomsday Clock will go longer than that, probably into like late spring, early summer. Just in time for event season. Yep, (laughs) yep. So I'm sure, um, you know, they'll get Grant Morrison to come back to do his uh, his sequel to Final Crisis and Multiversity, and everything will be good. More whistling Superman. I'll take it all day. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they they get Mark Wade to come back and finally do his hypertime story. That is well Morrison would have to come back for that too. Yeah. They co-write it. They should just <sighs> they should get the whole 52 team. <laughs> 52 <laughs> That's what it is. It's come back. An, the whole Forever Crisis is another year-long weekly series. Oh god. Cuz 52 was Morrison Wade Johns and Rucka, right? Was Rucka the yep. fourth one? Yep. Yeah. With a and Giffen doing layouts. With a Tom Brennan editing. I thought it was uh, Steve Wacker. Steve Wacker. I knew it was one of the Spider Guys. Uh, before before he left to go do the uh, Spider Man uh, Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Brand new day. Um, yep. Yep. But uh, yeah. All right. So Crisis. Uh, are there still three Jokers? They are, yes. That is a thing. And I think, doesn't it even get referenced in this? I, or was it another book this week? Ooh, I don't know. There, I think I think it is this, because doesn't Hal say something like, oh, based on what you told... Yeah, here it is. Page, on like the digital version, it's page... No, 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 28. He says... Uh, Based on what you told the league, you can't even be sure that was the real Joker. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, but I think Johns is handling that. Because I think Snyder has, both Snyder and King have said in like separate interviews that they're not really touching that, even though they're both using the Joker. All right. Which is bizarre to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is bizarre. Um, so I guess like overall, I wasn't too crazy about this i found the shifts in art to be Mm, mm -hmm. um not like not ideal uh i did enjoy some of the uh like i guess the uh the cameos 
that happened in this, which I guess the last issue had a bunch too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like seeing the challengers, challengers of the unknown show up, and uh, um, oh, what was what was the Shazam thing in this? Where did that come up? The Shazam dagger came from that like that like flashback old... thing. Yeah, the, the hawks. Oh the, with yeah, the hawks yeah. at the museum and the old people in the robes and yeah, British Talia, was Talia there. gives it to him. Yeah. But um, but looking at that sword, is that black? Is, like, is that like a reference to Black Adam, not Captain Marvel? Because it's black that, and gold. Right. That wouldn't. That would not surprise me if they're gonna do because. You know, to tie it in with the upcoming movie that I guess is happening at some point. That's a black. Like they have Black Adam. They don't have Shazam at this point. Huh. You know. So is, I wonder if they're going to gauge things more towards Black Adam as a character rather than Shazam. Is Shazam anywhere in Rebirth? He, he appeared in he appeared in one issue of one comic as a member of the Justice League, and has never been seen again. And basically, he which, was just standing on a rooftop. He, which issue are you talking about, Vince? Because I think he was he was in Constantine for an issue. He, that was the one at the very okay, start okay. of Rebirth. Yeah, okay. it was like him and Wonder Woman on yeah, some rooftop yeah. or something, and they were like, you know, like Swamp Thing is. Uh, it was something to do with Swamp Thing, you know. Right, right. You want to know what my speaking of like the swords? You want to know what my favorite part of this issue is what? Yeah, when uh, Bruce sticks the flaming sword in that like perfect little belt loop in his utility belt, <laughs> and it's like still on fire. <laughs> That is Snyder's Batman to a T. Yeah. No. I I will say I didn't like this as much as The Forge. Like, I I really liked The Forge. Mm -hmm. Um, This felt more padded out, didn't it? It did. This felt, yeah, there there was just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in this. Can I ask you guys? It was fine. Can I ask you a cameo cameo question? Mm -hmm. In the digital version on page 22? That first panel, uh, are those Blackhawks? Blackhawks, yeah. Logos? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw a thing. You um, saw a thing, yep. All right. Um, Did you guys that... like this, though, overall? Overall, I would say I, 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 I did it. Like I said, I didn't like it as much as The Forge. I liked it enough, and I'm still pretty excited for Metal overall. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So here's the thing. Reflecting on both this and The Forge, I like bits and pieces of it more than I like the overall product. Like when I think about, like, I like that Plastic Man was stored in a Silly Putty egg. I like that, you know, the this dagger of Shazam or black Adam or whatever showed up. I like the challengers of the unknown showing up. I like all these little teases to a, a, a greater DCU than we've seen in a while. Um, I don't like basically anything with the Joker because <laughs> I, because I've kind of had enough of the Joker and also like, I don't, I don't feel like he needs to be tying into all this metal stuff. Like, like I don't feel like he has any business in this greater scheme of things, you know. It just mm-hmm. that none of that feels um, organic to me. So, um, so that's the thing. Okay, so like, 
I think that's maybe kind of my thing with this, not necessarily like the Joker thing, but the fact that this is like building off of like the Court of the Owl stuff and the Endgame stuff with all those, you know, funky pseudoscience things. Mm-hmm. Like that's the stuff I don't super care about. I've, I, you know, I'm really excited that Snyder's like getting to do like a big multiversal crisis thing with all these cool, you know, niche DC characters. Like this feels like a crisis to me so far. Mm-hmm. Like they're building up to this feels, you know, like Infinite Crisis or or Final Crisis or you know whatever. The the build up feels similar, and so like I'm really pumped about that, but anytime that it like ties back to some of that other stuff i'm just kind of i'm, I'm less interested in that yeah yeah that's I, that's basically how i feel yeah um yeah yeah i uh so so then so then i think about like well what does that mean for it as a comic like can i can i really say it was an enjoyable comic if really all i enjoyed was like the cameos you know or like the nods to the wider you know how does it function as an actual comic and i realized that like what other event starts with like two one shots full of setup you know like the to me this feels more like a cash grab than if they would have done combined both of these into one comic sold it for 4.99 if they had to and streamlined it a bit you know I feel like we didn't need two of these so before. This should have, yeah, this should have been like countdown to metal, basically. Yeah, or like metal issue zero, and have yeah. one of one of these. That I can stomach. That is something that when reading Cape Comics, you basically just accept that it's part of the territory, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse, mostly worse, but you know, sometimes you find, better. Sometimes you find you find bits and pieces to enjoy, but but like. To have two of these, it just feels like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, but I'm with you, but also like leading up to this issue, I was extremely excited about it. So I, I feel like maybe I, I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, like, because you know, like I was super high on the forge, and so I was really excited for this issue, and I'm and I'm still like pretty excited. So. I think the Easter eggs in the forge felt more su- substantial too. Like you actually had, yeah. you actually had uh, Mr. Terrific playing a role, and you had uh, Mr. Miracle playing a role as well. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like the characters were, in this were a little less exciting, maybe. Well, they were a yeah. little more obscure, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Challenges of the unknown. You know, like yeah. yeah. But we also know, like that's that's like setting up for. Uh, Snyder's Challenger series later. What do yeah. you guys think of uh, uh, Carter and it's not is it Shiera? Kiera? Shiera? Yeah. Kiera. Uh, like, what do you guys think of them as being sort of like behind the Challengers? Yeah, that felt weird to me too. Right? Like, oh, really? I I kind of liked that because that's like the kind of like old, you know, like in the height of like the mid to late 2000s Jeff Johns DC where like everything is like built on this long history and everything's kind of like tied together that felt like that and I liked it yeah I didn't know what to make of it it's definitely like a dancing between the raindrops moment you know 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess it's okay. What do you think about this? Like, this is kind of what Snyder has, I I guess, like, really been doing with his whole Batman run, kind of like, and Vince, you, like, mentioned this in a text with, like, the Bleeding Pool article, but, like, him totemizing everything. And so now we've kind of got, like, this, this, like, bird totem line and the bat totem line, and I think there were, like, some other animals in the first one, too. Yeah. I, I think that's cool if you consider, like, the groundwork that Grant Morrison already laid for that, you know? Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he did a lot of that in, in Return of uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, that, you know, yeah, yeah. the sort of the bat through the history type thing. Yeah. And I find it fascinating. Like, I, I guess when I was reading this, I didn't think about it, and I thought, oh, that's just Snyder, like... That there goes Snyder again trying to tie like everything back to Batman and like the history of the DCU. And then when he was talking about it in this interview that I read, I was like, oh no, this already, this is being pulled from something Grant Morrison already did. And then it was good again. <laughs> well, you know what the, pro- you know what the problem with that is? Hmm. Like every time everyone tries to, anytime someone tries to do Grant Morrison, it just, I don't it's know. Not, it's, it's not. It's not Grant. Yeah, yeah, like he's the only. You know, have you have you guys ever seen that Grant Morrison documentary? No, but I want to. He like so he bad. talks about magic and making sigils and all this stuff. And when you're listening to him say it, you're like, oh my god, he's right. And then you try to repeat any of his ideas to another human being, and you just sound like a maniac. <laughs> and I I think the same thing is true for his comic writing. You know, like he lays out these ideas and he does it really well, and they're like almost transcendent when he does it right. You know, yeah. and then someone else tries to pick up on it. It's just like, no, you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's very valid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just one guy's opinion. No, that's that makes total sense. So Zach, you're still excited for metal. Um, I'm... Yeah, I'm. I might. I'm. I'm tiptoeing on the line to being like all in. Uh huh. Uh huh. We'll see. I'm. I'm. I'm excited for metal, but I am not excited about the prospect of maybe having to go all in. You know, like I'm not excited about the process. The prospect of reading seven evil Batman books. I've decided. I'm, that's I'm there. My least. That's the part that I'm the least in on is yeah. those shots. I like the side, um, kind of like the like Teen Titans side thing, and then like the Justice uh-huh. League side thing, because those are both kind of like short, you know, little like four issue bursts. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I want to. I'm excited to see Greg Capullo art again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I I just like Capullo. You like yeah. Capullo, Mike? I do, and he's going to come up later with something that I want to talk about. I like I, Capullo, I, but I think that there might be things that I like about him that I didn't realize I where they think, come from. I think I, I know I, where you're going, but... I bet I do, too, maybe. We'll what, see. What do you think I'm going to say? Can, we, can take, we can take bets on it. All right. Is this going to come up during Action Comics? Uh, hold on. Let me look at my notes. That, that's what, that was my guess, too. <laughs> uh, No. Oh, you want me to oh, tell you where it comes up? Yeah, sure. Let me. Uh, da, 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 da. How can I not remember this? 
we'll get to we, it. Uh, I'll figure it out did. somewhere. We'll probably, we'll, we said we'll action do. because we there's a consensus on in the DC three that Bogdanovic's art looks a lot like Capullo's. Oh no, yeah, yeah, no, and you know why it is? Um, it's because of Glapion. Yep. Yep. It was an action. There's like a moment where Superman turns around, and I was like, "Oh, that's Bruce Wayne." <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then I real like, and I was like, "Why does this look so much like Capullo?" And uh-huh. so, and that kind of makes sense because when Capullo was doing his Spawn stuff, like his line was a lot more, um, was a lot beefier. Uh-huh. You know, like it was it was a bolder line, and then. Uh, I I I noted about I noted how fine and sort of uh, finessed his line got when uh, when he moved over to Batman and now I see that it was that it's Glapion. See, the DC three is not crazy. We're not the only ones that have thought that. Yeah, and you know what? Like um uh uh like uh Pat Gleason. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of what I like from him is actually Mick Gray. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you guys have seen when someone who's not Gray inks Gleason. Oh, yes. Ew. Yep. Not a good it's not look. the same. No. And it's those teams, man. Those pencil Isn't that amazing? Teams. It's so amazing. That's and it's, what makes comics really That's special. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's true. Yeah, it's totally it is. like what other art form besides music is there where like two people work together to fuse an idea? You know, don't you don't know. have that in yeah. painting or any of the fine arts. Fuck fine art. This is the finest art there is. That's true. Doesn't get better than Gleason <laughs> and Greg. And having said that, we're on to action. Count. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but actually, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are on yeah. action. Unless, unless you guys have any final thoughts on. Dark Days, the casting, number one, Plaster Caster. No, just to touch on what you were yeah. saying about it not being, like, really, like, a, it, it's not an issue that stands alone. I was totally confused. I had no idea what was going on. I liked the cameos and the nods to the wider universe, but other than that, like, as someone coming in cold, it was incomprehensible. Like, it was even difficult to pick up context to some stuff, so. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. I- Send that. your hate mail to DC3 and they'll forward it to me. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Action Comics number 983, writer Dan Jurgens, art by Victor Bogdanovic, who we already mentioned, um, doing doing his best Greg Capullo with help from Jonathan Glapion. Um, Zach, what did you think of this? Well, the art definitely helped. <laughs> the costumes are good. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> oh, it's like you—it's like you've been here all along, Mike. I listen. <laughs> I know what's up. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike, what did you? So, had Jurgen's action been one of the? Okay, actually, I want to ask you this. Okay, ask me. I correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. Brian has told me that you said that action comics should be. Uh, you know, bi-weekly or bi-monthly, whenever it is, it should be the wild, wildest comic on the stands. Yes. Like the the most action, the most incompre or not incomprehensible, but unbelievable things 
happening to Superman and his extended family, you know, week in and week out, essentially. Yeah, it should be the most comic booky Superman family comic you could imagine. Yes. I 100% agree with that. I think Zach would, you know, feel pretty similar, right? No, I think it should be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> but That's controversial. But let, me, but let me tell you about Dan Jurgen's run. <laughs> no. Um, well, here's my thing. Do you think that this comic accomplishes that or gets in any way in the neighborhood of that? Uh, yes, I do. You do? Yes. Um, now, I guess let me temper whatever comes next by saying that I often find myself being a Jurgens apologist mm-hmm. because I hold some of his past works in pretty high regard, in particular Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, ask me what you're going to ask me. Well, I was just going to say, um, well, I mean, that was basically it. Oh, you know, okay. like something that I something that I realized on the show uh, two weeks ago was that I'm liking a lot of what's going on in his action comics. I just can't stand his actual the act of Dan Jurgens writing and the actual prose. I I can barely stand to read it at this point. Yes. Um, um, go on. <laughs> Zach, what what did you have to say? I I don't even think I really like what's going on in it. No. No. I mean, I like uh I like that this issue has like all the Superman family together. That's really cool and I do really miss like creeper stalker clark that was like when the book was good <laughs> i forgot about that i miss like the lowest tangent issues where they're just like going on weird dates and like he's showing up being a creep with her chinese takeout like <laughs> like let's get that back again but oh with man bogdanovic drawing it and mm-hmm. that's what i think action comics should be <laughs> i think it should be like like an archie romance comic but there's like two Clarks and one Lois and it's like so it's like gender reversed and well I'll do one better than that they should just bring back that Lois Lane series from the 60s with jerk Superman and Lois Lane is having none of his bullshit okay well as long as Jergens is still writing it yeah yeah, all right yeah I'll give you that (laughs) but like Um, I like I like the idea of a Superman revenge squad going up against a Superman family team like yeah for sure that that i totally dig that idea i just if i never see dan jurgens write the words oh you're afraid to cut loose ever again he's used the he uses the phrase cut loose more than any (laughs) other writer talked about this right about how like his like obsession with like superman um like getting to just like beat up on some people (laughs) yeah yeah He's always um, saying, like, oh, finally I can cut loose. Because that's, like, what Doomsday is. Like, he's the ultimate cut Superman loose. cut looser. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I, I want to... When I read Action, uh, I sort of... You know, I thought of... Here's the thing with this series... I feel like I can see what Jurgens is going for. I could see the direction he's pointed. 
but I don't necessarily know that that well I I do know that he's not sticking it like there's he's not sticking the landing and I feel like that's sort of the the problem across the wider DC universe and I think it comes from a uh a, a disconnect between art and script. And this is where I'm going to tie into King's Batman. Okay. I think that with a different stable of artists, Tom King's Batman would more would read more as what I think King is going for, which is something like a Batman pastiche like Batman to the nth degree like I know you guys bring up the uh, uh, what did they like they went to a diner or something mm-hmm. you know and I f- had burgers yeah and had burgers I feel like the way that probably read is different than the way King intended uh-huh. and I wonder if it isn't from the art and I'll point back to the first issue of Batman with uh What's his name on art? Um, Do you mean the the rebirth issue or the yeah, no, first no, first issue? Number one, not the rebirth. Okay, issue. with with Finch. Finch yeah. yeah, you know we're bat. So when you describe it, right? Batman has lassoed a jumbo jet and is riding it, and it like that just is an absurd, big <sighs> comic book idea, right? But yeah. then Finch draws it, and it and that art gives it like this undue gravitas whereas like imagine if um i'm spacing on names tonight uh what's his name that does the art on doom patrol Uh, darrington yeah like imagine if darrington drew that instead or imagine if like i don't know like anyone who wasn't so self-serious were to draw that something that Uh was a little bit more outside of uh I know you guys don't necessarily care for this term or idea, but someone who's outside of like the DC house style, like the stable style that DC seems to gravitate towards. I think that, I think that that series becomes something different, you know, and the same thing with action comics. Like while the art on action, this issue of action is good. I think if someone like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if it looked more like Death of Superman, era Superman, then the concept and the tone and the bigger idea that Jurgens is going for would sell better. Does any of this make any sense or does does this sell to you guys? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Jurgens should be writing and drawing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so he could yeah. draw like those weird bruises that he draws, right? <laughs> like Yep. Um Yeah, like uh Yeah, so I, okay, so that's an interesting point because then it's kind of like so if that's what this book was, it wouldn't be for me. But the way it's being presented to me now, it's kind of like something that's not for me in the guise of something that is for me. <laughs> Can you flesh that out a little bit? Well, so like I have no interest in, in reading like a 90s era Superman book now. 
which is kind of like what you would be describing, like just yeah. Jurgens doing his Jurgens thing. But this is like '90s era Superman with a like modern glaze over it, yes. you know. And so it's kind of like passing itself off as something that it's not really. Um, and so it makes it. Well, I, I still know that like this isn't. It's not really something I like, but there are like flashes of. I won't say brilliance, but but there there are things that I like about it every once in a while. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I'm totally, I'm even more with you on the on the like Tom King thing. All, mm-hmm. I think that there have been like arcs that match a little bit better. Um, like maybe. In... Oh, finish your thought. Well, like I, I guess. To, to like my hot take, which I mentioned last week already, but Vince wasn't here, so I can drop it now. I think that uh, Michael Janin is doing a really good job in presenting the Joker in Jokes and Riddles. I know you like hate his Joker, but I think like this Joker who like doesn't laugh and looks just grouchy all the time, and the way that like Janin draws him is like an interesting. I think it like fits really well. So I just think I just think on top of everything else Tom King has done, I think you just hate Tom King. Well, I think the tone (laughs) I don't hate the man, (laughs) but I I, I think the tone, the tone that he has struck between him and his art in, you know, the 25 issues we've had. The last thing we needed was a Joker who doesn't laugh, you know, like on top of all the self-seriousness and like the the his take on bane which was just the most baniest bane we've ever gotten you know the last thing we needed was a joker that doesn't laugh and doesn't well, it's almost kind of antithetical to his whole approach that is just like all of his other characters are just like their most like to the nth yeah yeah this is, a, this is a weird subdued joker which like one day we need to have a podcast about like an episode just like solely devoted to like what role does the Joker serve anymore? And like, can anyone tell a good Joker story anymore? Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Because I, I feel like a lot of our conversations around the Joker, especially in like the past, like two or three years have basically just been like, we hate the Joker and we're tired of him, And <laughs> please stop telling Joker stories. But he cut his face off. He did oh, cut God. his face off. <laughs> well, well, here's and then, let me... and then Jared Leto played him. <laughs> Those are two let... great things. <laughs> Let me let me push back a little on the the thing about Tom King's Joker being the an, antithetical Joker that you would have expected because if you're thinking about the modern Joker, what has been like one of the major criticisms about the Joker since since the Twisted? since the Dark Knight is that he's not funny. He he's doesn't tell damaged. jokes anymore. He's too damaged. He's too twisted. He's just this twisted, you know. <laughs> He's he's been a murderer in the last decade. He's been a murderer more often than he's been like a joke teller or a comedian or some sort of, you know, wacky guy that drives in a car with his face on it and with a bunch of uh you know, silly mob men at his disposal, you know, like yeah, he's not that Can we bring henchmen back? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes, please. In, like, terrible costumes. <laughs> Absolutely. Dancing <Yeah>. to Prince. <laughs> um, Shotgun like, in I the w- pants. 
I would argue that Tom King's Tom King's take on the Joker is just the most extreme version of modern Joker that we've seen. This like guy who doesn't tell jokes but says that the world is a joke and the world is twisted and that's what he sees and nobody else sees. And now he's at the point that he can't it's so bad that he can't laugh. And and then you've got the Riddler who's carving a question mark into his chest. Like, come on. Well, so I think, I think yeah. I think that's the statement maybe he's trying to make is or well, not really a statement, but he's kind of like inversing the Joker and the Riddler or something. He, he or did maybe an, he's like I don't know. He did an he, interview he did an interview where he said that his take on the Joker and the Riddler is that the Joker is the, is Batman is the side of Batman that is mad without the conscience or the detective skills, and the Riddler is the side of him that is the pure detective that needs to solve problems and solve crimes. And on paper, that sounds like a fine take. Yeah, that's not a bad take. I don't believe that that is what I'm seeing on the page at no, all. No, we're getting we're getting. We're getting Edgelord, Joker, and Riddler. We're getting 4chan, Riddler, and Edgelord, Joker. Well, I mean, that sort of plays into the idea of characters to the nth. You know what I mean? It, and in it a does. way, it could be a comment even on Snyder's run. It yeah. does. Yep, and I agree with that. But, But I think what you say about the art is true, Mike. I just think that, like, I think that the the... the floppy that we end up with in our hands is trying to be a serious epic batman story i don't think so when when the intent when the intent was for it to not be when the intent was for it to be a pastiche yeah okay. because we we've said it on this show that like there are times where it feels like this is adam west batman this is on a spectrum from Adam West Batman to Frank Miller's. Yes. And it can cover any part of that spectrum. And in theory, I love that idea. But the comic that we end up getting, whether it's because of the way that the art and the script play together or what or the or just you know, any number of things that result in the product we end up with in our hands is I can't that idea sounds great and I don't think that's actually what we're getting. I, I have to I have to stretch to 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 see that that's what he's going for, you know? Can I can I uh propose something? Yeah. Reimagine the proposal but with Neil Adams art. Oh yeah. Then it's then it's this like then, then it's, it's like this, this like, bizarre like bizarre 80s like soapy yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I get it. Yeah. It works better. Yeah, the 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 product that we got though is just so, and I like Michael Jennings art, you know, but even his art is like too serious for this, too um, heavy or weighty. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's there's been a lot of good art on the book, but my argument is just that it's it's out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can totally buy that. And that's something I feel like that sort of. Um, is is something that runs across the line like in uh like i would even say like the same could be said in batgirl and birds of prey uh-huh. not to move things forward if you guys aren't ready to but we probably should yeah we don't have, we don't have brian here to like corral us and so 
I guess he is good for something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 12. Uh, write it, written by Julie and Shauna Benson. Uh, art from Roge Antonio. Um, and this is this is kind of more of the same like we've been talking about. Um, that's an interesting point you bring up about the art, um, Mike. And I think, you know... I think we've talked about that in the past too, but maybe we haven't delved in. So, I mean, you're an art guy, so let's really delve into. I, I like I I like Roger Antonio's style, but again, I don't know if it's quite what we want here. Yeah, it's too. Um, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick. Uh, <laughs> there's there's two. I have two major criticisms on the art here. Uh, the first is that it feels a little too common, a little too pedestrian. And the second is that it seems like he runs out of steam towards the end of the issue. Like things start getting sort of loose and, and weird, uh, by like over, over time. Like, I feel like the, the art in this book sort of, uh, 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 reaches a high point with that sort of a uh, poison ivy splash page right mm-hmm. like that's that's good art right but then it seems like because of deadlines or whatever that more time was maybe put into that than should have been budgeted for and so there are like kind of like other like shortcuts and shortcomings in uh in the rest of the book so and the letters the lettering's not doing this book any favors either i find it kind of awkward and there are like a couple of points where it's not sort of immediately clear what the reading order is you know what i mean Uh like i you know it's like the sort of thing where maybe someone who's new to comics were to read this i can see some confusion happening like i'm sure we're able to suss it out because you know this is what we do all fucking day yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah, I don't know. Particularly, like, there was, like, a pretty egregious error in the very last page where they uh, where they point Batgirl's word balloon at Catwoman and Catwoman's word balloon at Batgirl. That is not the first time that that's happened in this book either. Like, Catwoman is, is yelling, Catwoman, wait. <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, you know. There was a prior issue where uh, Black Canary was had like Batgirl's dialogue or something too. Wasn't that tied also to like, there was like a coloring error where one of them had like the wrong color hair. And so it, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, where like one character looked like a, the wrong character and they applied the word balloon. Yeah. Accordingly or something <laughs> like that. Yep. That's it. One of them had like orange, like the red hair that should have been Babs. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Zach, did you Wilkerson this? I have not read this book in many moons. Yeah, you aren't missing much. Catwoman shows up in this issue, um, kind of de facto joins the team um, for for a caper. Yeah, they had like the obligatory, you know, characters fighting each other before they come to an understanding. Yep. It was pretty, it's pretty rote. It is. I found that there were a few issues this week where I felt like, you know, part of the fun of rebirth has been revisiting 
some of these classic DC situations and tropes and seeing them done in a new light, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the books that don't do as well with that feel like this where, oh, again, it's Poison Ivy trying to take down a corporation that's being harmful to the earth mm-hmm. from the inside and the Birds of Prey have to stop her and Catwoman gets involved and it's like, I feel like we've seen this all before and it's not done in a particularly new or interesting way. This is like, the this book is like the greatest fear of rebirth in that it's trying, it's falling back and telling the same old stories that we've seen a dozen times before. Who who are the writers on this? These the Bensons. I the don't... Bensons. They're from TV. Yeah, um, that makes sense because this this reads like someone's someone writing comic books who doesn't write comic books you know what i mean so they're just coming in and sort of cobbling together like the bigger ideas that they've seen other places and liked mm -hmm. you know and just sort of being like oh and then the the two characters fight and then they come to an understanding and here's this thing i know about this other character and this thing i know about that character and then you put it all in a pot and that's what this issue is yeah so yeah paint by numbers yep i think that's well said uh, what's what's oh go ahead Zach. before we move on um i'm gonna do another installment of variant cover watch <laughs> um i feel like we should have a theme i like what do, 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 do. <laughs> we need one somebody get on on that yeah um but i'm gonna be on brand for a minute and say that i really like this cover by kamome shirahama yeah Ooh. it's like so I, I looked her up really quick. She is a, a Japanese artist, and the cover is very manga-esque. Um, the characters have adorable adorable facial expressions, and they all look kind of not quite chibi, but smaller than they normally would. And it's, uh, it's a good cover. I would like to see more of this in DC. She's done, she's done all the variant covers for birds of prey so far Has she well i haven't i haven't noticed because i Can guess i haven't paid enough attention to this book well i should have mentioned it on the show so so i'm currently buying through through dcbs i'm buying all of the rebirth books okay <laughs> what yeah i am oh, yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay <laughs> and, good on you uh, well they do those bundles they yep, do they do exactly it's much more cost effective yep regardless of the fact that's that we I'm, get them for I'm, free I'm, well, I know, but I, I did see the, the metal bundle pop up, so. Uh-huh. So, so, but what I've been doing, and as much as I like Yannick Paquette, who is like the, the regular cover artist on this, I've been subbing out for the variant with Birds of Prey every time because I like those Kamome covers so much. They're really uh, good, or this one is very good. I'm, I need to go look at the other ones. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all similar of a similar style. That that Catwoman is almost like Adam Hughes esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, glad you brought that up. All right. I do what what's... I can. That's the theme. What's not paint by numbers is Bug: The Adventures of Forager number three. Yo, this comic. <laughs> Written by Lee Allred, art by Mike Allred, colors by Laura Allred. It's Allred Fest. 
Um, and it's all right. <laughs> it's all right because it's all red. Yep. Um, Dang. I had I had to read number two before reading this because I'm a little behind. And man, that was like I I think this was the best part of the reading i had to do this week the week yeah uh, yeah just number like, two. Oh, go on issue issue number two was tremendous i i thought the series got off to like a little bit of a slow start that's as much right as you I, were the one that didn't like it right i well i didn't like it as strong but like i'm i'm a mike allred guy like he's my he could draw every comic for all i care you know he could draw but, tom king's batman and make it and fit its own It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be great. Oh, it'd be awesome. Um, but I thought it got off to a, a kind of a slow start, but issue number two was incredible, and this just keeps it going. Um, I yeah. love this book. Uh, like, everything about it. Like, even just, like, that the villain's name is General Electric. Like, <laughs> come on, man. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, I love that they that bug is, like, officially a new god now you Mm -hmm. know uh i love that um i'm gonna i'm gonna i i pretend in my mind that the uh that there being a crystal mountain in this issue is a reference to that death song do you guys ever listen to death (laughs) no Uh, no but i i understand the reference not the not the netflix death with that Mm -hmm. documentary but the metal band death the reason it's called death metal um they have an epic song called Crystal Mountain that people should listen to. <laughs> and know exactly what I'm about. But yeah, man, this thing is just even like from the very first page of this thing, like just the way it's laid out and the way that All Red draws this like hay bale and the, and the title and the lettering and just, oh, man, like I saw this and I was like, yep, I'm in. Yep. And I love how he falls into the hay bale and then his like the apparition that's been following him around is gently floating down. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. That's the, oh yeah. And like a good, it's so wacky all the way through the saxophone horn. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's super, super good. And Vince, let me, let me know if I'm off base on this. Like this is like some of the best all red. Oh Yeah. Like even like the Silver Surfer stuff I've seen, this blows away. Yeah, yeah. I just the 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 create the, like the design muscles that he gets to flex here uh, are something else entirely. I mean, we already talked about like the yak or whatever. You know, that's just a great design. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like every single take that he has on like the Kirby designs or the you know, the new God stuff. It's all like the best take on those costumes I've ever seen. You know? Yes. Because and, I, I feel like Kirby designs are not unlike what we were talking about before with people trying to do Morrison. Lots of yes. people try to do Kirby costumes and like it, you know, but mm-hmm. all red pulls it out, man. He does. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. There's like wrinkles, like, they they look like they look like they could have been handmade costumes, but but by some like 
by some like other culture, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, so good. Still, it still looks like spandexy, but like, but not in, painted uh, on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's insanely good. And the colors and just, on this are. Oh, Laura Allred is Jeez. the best. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone else coloring coloring Mike on, on on anything, you know? Yeah. She gives his stuff such like a like it feels like um like do you guys ever have you guys ever looked at original animation art? Like particularly mm-hmm. like a cell, like a hand drawn cell over a painted background? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like she brings that sort of quality to to all Red's line work. You know what I mean? Like it feels like yeah, it feels like a cell over over a background. Like the interaction between character and setting and I just think it's I always I always love that in what they do together. Yeah, absolutely. Um and the like the shadowing that the the shadowing that happens mm-hmm. in the coloring, you know? Like Yeah, it's so textured. It's so good, yeah. Yeah, for for a style that you would mistakenly say is like this um, flat cartoony style, mm-hmm. that coloring comes in with the shading, and it makes it something else. It's some way half. It's like halfway between that, like, uh, uh, you know, um, what's his name? The 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 Super Friends uh, artist. I don't know where you're getting at. The, the guy who did the Super Friends designs, um, famous artist. Uh... Toth? <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Should have said Space like it... Ghost. I would have got it immediately. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's somewhere between uh, Alex Toth and, like, you know, something with more depth and layering. And that sure. color, that coloring really takes it there, you know? Yeah. yeah. All Red is, like, a really good fusion of Toth and Kirby. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Like like I said, every Cape comic could look like this mm-hmm. for all I care and I'd be happy as a clam. Yeah, I'd want some Darrington in there too, but Sure. I'll get yeah. that. But he's he's not all that removed far removed from this wavelength. He's not. And I know I'm gonna wedge in some, some Doom Patrol talk right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just for a second, what I one of the things I love most about Darrington's art is how all of his characters talk with their hands and they're always like in mid sentence. So there's a lot of really good like acting going on. Like you actually feel like these characters are having conversations and making gestures and motions with their arms and hands. I think that's like a really subtle, but pretty brilliant thing. And that's That's where I'll end the Doom Patrol talk. That is a great, I'm just laughing because like, I've never thought about that. That's a great observation. Yeah. That's, I mean, not. I, I'm, I'm saying, gonna... yeah, it's great. I'm saying, yeah, it's there. <laughs> That's a great no, observation. Gonna... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but the next time I read a Doom Patrol, I'm gonna specifically look for that. That's oh, yeah. Man, when is the next time we're supposed to read a Doom Patrol? <laughs> it's a while. It's a while. Sometime yeah. before the sun envelops us. And... Uh, DC says July 26th, but I don't think that's accurate because they they've been resoliciting issues multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. It'll come when it's come when it comes, and I'll yeah. love it. Absolutely, Zach. You got anything else on Bug? No, it's it's really good. This is my favorite young animal thing right now. 
Is yeah. it out of all of them? Out of all of them, yeah. Vince, what's yours? I think it might be Bug, but before it was like a dead heat between Doom Patrol and Shade. Yeah, that's where I was too, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just can't get enough all red. I love Doom Patrol. I also I know you guys aren't too hot on it, but Mother Panic when um what's his name isn't drawing it? Is when was Sean, like, Crystal? Yeah. Sean Crystal? Yeah, like uh the John Paul Leone. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Ooh, and Tommy Lee Edwards before that. Yep. Ooh. Yep. You know if what's you great? listen, uh, what? if you listen to the if you listen to the episode of DC three where when John Paul Leone's first issue came up, you'll you'll hear me gush all over it. Okay. I I just was really down on that Sean Crystal arc. Yeah, me too. It almost shook me from the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the John Paul Leone issue yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And what's great about both like him and Edwards being on that book is uh, if anyone listens to Robots, they will know that I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the three It's the three name thing, man. But yeah, the John yeah. Paul Leone stuff is uh, clutch, as the kids say, <laughs> or said <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on. All right. Um, Detective Comics number nine sixty, written by James Tinian the fourth or Tinian, I I guess is how he pronounces that. Uh, and artist Alvaro Martinez. Um, Zach, why don't you start with this one? Um, this is this is okay. So I'm trying to remember because i i read like three issues of this today so i was trying to remember exactly what happened to this issue i like all the zatanna stuff yeah so anytime zatanna is there i'm in i'm I'm big on the brutana pairing yes i i'll ship that (laughs) i won't take that from you guys but i'll push back on the zatanna thing in general okay oh you don't like zatanna on here i like zatanna you guys you guys finish your thoughts and then i'll Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I I like that stuff. Um, the like Azriel Saint Dumas stuff. Um, I like the stuff that's going on with with John Paul, with the uh, like, you know, he has this like weird like demon angel thing following him around, and it's cool i like it as, as i mean it's cool to like uh, ha, uh, having followed like all this stuff you know through like batman and robin eternal and all that i think it's like a good it's like a good smart follow-up to that it's a good payoff for a long haul that you had yeah. to be had to be on to get it yeah exactly and oh, i don't they've feel been like into this like, stuff for a while like him oh yeah back yeah. On? yeah um so like yeah, it feels like pretty satisfying, and and like the art is fantastic. Yo, the um, first panel where you see the angel thing, mm-hmm. uh, that floored me. Yeah, yeah, this is. Martinez has been doing work on this book. He really has. <laughs> um, who's some of these I, backgrounds. Who's the Who's the inker? The yeah. inker is Paul Fernandez. Oh no, sorry, Raul. Ra- Raul. Fernandez. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Credit Small. where it's due. These yeah, guys it's work really real good. well together. I mean, like, Detective has, like, long been the better, like, the most consistent of the Batman books, like, in Rebirth, and this is still just, like, really solid stuff, I think. Sure. 
I I can see that. You know, Detective was probably the first Bat book that I dropped coming into Rebirth. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't too hot on sort of the way on some of the Batwoman stuff. You know, I thought that she was maybe a little more rigid or militant than we'd seen before. And I know you can argue that she I mean obviously she has a military background, but I don't know. There's I felt like there was something missing uh-huh. from her there. Um but I think more than anything is um I find Tinian to be a very blunt writer and that puts me off, you know? So Yeah. I like when Zan- I like when Zantana Zat <clears throat> I like when Zantana shows up in in a books, particularly in bat books, right? Um but then like there's this one page where uh uh she's she's talking to Batman and then she says um suddenly you know that none of the laws of nature really matter. You can change all that with a few backwards words and then says her spell. And I thought that that was like I don't know, man. Like, do you have to explain to people that the words are backwards before you show them? Like, I sort of feel like that's one of those, like, you can just (laughs) not say these words are going to be backwards and just put them Uh out there and let people, if they are not familiar with the character, catch that for themselves and feel that sort of satisfaction of picking up on an unsaid thing in a comic, you know, because... That is another one of the things that I think comics can do better than than a lot of other mediums. It's just sort of lay things out there for the reader to either pick up or not. Absolutely. And let the art, you know, take care of some of the heavy lifting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that scene probably would have been, like, if it had just been, like, you know, cut out that second sentence and then exactly. just cut to her, like, showing him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that is that's a Jurgens thing too. Like yeah. his characters are constantly saying what they're about to do. Right. And, uh, I, I I totally like agree with you about like Tynan being kind of a his his like dialogue being a bit blunt. But I having like followed his bad stuff for a really long time, it's gotten better, and so maybe I just don't notice it as much because I like remember how. Oh, he's come a long way. Yeah. He's come a really long way. And so I, I guess it's like a relativistic thing. Sure. I guess not having taken in any of his stuff for a while, it sort of, it like it, it hit me, you know, like yeah. it was. Yeah. You're not wrong. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're definitely not. Um, Can I ask you guys a question on what you think about something? Yeah. Sure. So Tinian sort of revamped uh, Zantana, Zatan, <laughs> Zantana's. <laughs> Zatan- Z- Zatanna Zatara. Zatanna. Uh, <laughs> Zatanna's... Fucking... He revamped her sort of uh, MO in this. Mm-hmm. So sort of took the, uh, you know, the the longstanding her being a stage musician, magician. What am, What's going on? Being a stage magician uh, and having that be a hiding in plain sight thing and pushing it a step further and sort of, I felt like darkening her up a little bit. And being like, I need to stay in touch with humanity because nothing's real to me. Like, I don't know. That felt a little. I didn't think that that landed pretty well. And I'm sort of curious what you guys think about that revision. 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely less fun. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was, um, what if, David Copperfield saw himself as Dr. Manhattan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, <laughs> no, I know, I had that exact thought. I was like, oh, Z- Z- Zatanna thinks she's Dr. Manhattan. Like, she can't relate to yeah. people. She's going to go sit on Mars. Yeah. I thought that was a bit of a stretch. But I... I thought it was a bit of a stretch, but I also feel like in the world of superheroes... I can accept when you're finding these, like, I'd have to think that almost any of them would feel a little bit out of touch, you know, with humanity. For sure. So I can, I can see it, but I think it does take that idea a little, little too far. But, but here's, but here's the thing with it, right? You can understand sort of in a real world way how they would feel out of touch and find camaraderie in one another. And, but this is comics. But this is comics. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. people also can't fly and a billionaire can't swing from skyscrapers on a rope. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like she could still be like a, she could still be a fun character. You know, she could still be what Paul Dini wrote her to be. Mm, yes. Yep. And I have to say, um, one, one thing that I always think, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but like, Part of me doesn't think that that DC is DC unless it's got this like second tier of Justice League characters, and that includes like, um, you know, Plastic Man who, who came back in the Forge, and Zatanna. You know, like when mm-hmm. Zatanna's around, I feel like things are skewing right in the DCU. You know, sure. Now, but I but I understand what you mean about like it's kind of a different take on her, but I just like that she's around right now. Like, I just appreciate that she's back. I feel like it's not the DCU without this second or third tier justice league characters running around. Yeah. I agree with this that. This is definitely like a more recognizable Zatanna than like the justice league dark. Oh yeah. That was, you know. yeah. Oh, that was a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, my one last thing is the pretty heavy like Assassin's Creed riff here with that like gold ball magic thingy. <laughs> yeah. That um, page was great though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this book has had like an embarrassment of riches when it comes to artists with like Martinez and then like um Barrows doing like the work of his life on here and it's it's looked good i was wondering like i don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago you guys were talking about um you know talking about people coming back to dc and the idea of rucka coming back to dc was sort of floated and i was surprised that no one brought up batwoman in that i thought you guys for sure would have been on that Mm, you know maybe i think we did in some episode because I thought I feel like one of us brought up how supposedly Rucka kind of came in and swooped Wonder Woman out from Marguerite Bennett mm-hmm. who was going to be the writer and then I feel like in the issue where or in the episode where Marguerite Bennett was announced as the Batwoman writer I feel like we may have made oh. <laughs> like a like a like a reference to 
Oh, well, she got Rucka's, you know, old book or whatever. But yeah, you know, we probably didn't make a big enough deal about that. Um, I mean, there's a whole laundry list that I would love to see him do. mm Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah. We brought up the question, for sure. Paul did. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think I might actually take a... Like, if it was... Yeah, I might take a question series from Rucka over a Batwoman. Who would draw the question? Rucka... Ruckus question. Michael Lark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, silly of me to even ask. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else on tech? No. No, I'm done. Right. Okay. The Flash, number 26, uh, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter this time around. Um, I... Don't know about you guys, but I love Howard Porter. I, I don't know what I don't know exactly why. I'm not as good at articulating my art opinions as you are, Mike, but uh I love what Howard Porter does. Yeah, see the thing with Porter is that I feel like he's able to and again I'm gonna say it, don't be mad at me. He's able to fit nicely into sort of like the DC stable of artists Mm -hmm. uh but he's also able to bring a sort of elasticity to it that's very that's unique to him you know what i mean it's it's his voice and it's and it's clear and it's snappy and it's not in a way that like finch has a voice you know what i mean there's there's a little bit of levity to it there's there's joy in it you know Mm mm-hmm I love I love the panel. Um, it's like a few pages in, where at the top it's Iris, Barry, and Reverse Flash, just kind of like standing there, and like Iris and Barry are just shocked, and and Reverse Flash is just kind of like waxing. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that face is so great. It is. It is. Yeah, that's well, one thing I love about Howard Porter is that. Um, he he's not all that far off from like a quote unquote nineties artist that has a lot of like scratchy line work going throughout his figures, you know? And yet his his always seems to be done with a purpose, you know? If you look at like reverse flash, on his head and on his like chest and arms there are these like little lines that are not like musculature or anything. They're just like accents that Porter threw in there for some reason. And yet they, they form this like, this like purposeful, um, this purposeful figure. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but like, it's not like when you, when you look at a, a, Rob Liefeld comic and there's like cross hatching everywhere yeah. that and, and serves no purpose. His like these these jagged lines that he throws into his figures always seem to serve a purpose towards creating this heroic or villain, this larger than life type figure that's impossible and yet has a structure that's very sound. Does that make any sense? Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, you, yeah. it, it's like um, 
like he suggests things i feel like you know it's mm-hmm. like he'll 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 present some like there are elements of his artwork he just sort of presents an idea and your brain fills it in but then when you kind of push against it too much it's like you kind of see it for what it is which sounds like a negative thing and i don't mean it to be but i don't know yeah no yeah it it kind of reminds me like he i would maybe like slot him in the same like wheelhouse as like rockefort but like porter is more like organic whereas rockefort tends to feel more stilted and and like posy Mm -hmm. rockefort's more like a pinup type yeah yes reporter is like his characters act you know right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again with that reverse flash panel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and i think that was a great boon to this issue because this issue had a lot of like very high drama like comic comics melodrama you know like time travel and um you know uh alternate futures or whatever and uh you know iris being put in this in this room with a dangerous murderous madman mm-hmm. you know and and porter really sells it um pretty much the whole way through yeah yeah i, I loved the like opening to this issue it it like hooked me from the start you know this is this is like my dc bread and butter yeah oh opening Barry, in the flash museum yeah, yeah with like it being like a future you know mm-hmm. iris and and barry and and then, like, revealing the art. What are they? They're like the tornado twins. Is that their? Is that their? Like, I think so. So you're you're touching on the yeah two, yeah you're touching on the two notes that I um that I wrote for this issue. The first uh, my first note was museum exclamation point. Uh, my my second note was Don Dawn bad names. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have yeah. thought at least like if. I didn't think Barry would have such bad judgment, but even if he did, like you would think Iris would talk him out of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Like when he he's just like Don, Don, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, um, I mean, no, you know. Mm, yeah, that's not, a remnant nothing against of the, a Don or a Dawn, you know. That's a remnant of the. I don't know when were they created? Sixties. Oh, the, the, that long ago? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don. I remember them, and I have, like, a pretty big love for the 60s Flash run. Yeah, Don Allen, there he is. Don and Don Allen. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. But, yeah, okay. man, great issue. And this, and this series as a whole has... um not suffered from sort of the DC stuff that I was talking about earlier with the disconnect between art and script, you know, like this, this book is just sung, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And it's insane. How many issues Digimenico has been able to, has been able to turn out for this. Like it's, it's an unreal, it's unreal how much work that guy's able to do. Yeah. You know, and that's impressive in itself. I wish he left more room for Googe. Love the Googe. I, I heard you Googeing over Googe on the latest previews episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to send you guys that uh, 
survival geeks i would love that and i want you to look at it because it's like the goochiest gooch you could ever gooch oh i'm ready to gooch yeah man i'm fully engouged (laughs) (laughs) and it's got emma bb writing who had like a lackluster dc appearance not long ago i don't think i remember that it was in that um oh well it was like the tryout book that they put out oh okay oh what's the what's the name don't buy what, this. What, no, no, what, no, what, no. What was oh, her name? Emma Beebe. Ah. Okay, I see. She's one of the 2008 D writers. Yep. So, yeah. All right, I would love to look at that. All right, you got it. So, uh, but yeah, man, right. Flash is great. Yeah, Flash is one of the. Um, Flash is one of the comics that, you know. Week in and week out, I don't think there's been a sort of a a weak point or a downslope. You know, it's it's one of the few. Like, if you had to shortlist Rebirth and say I was only going to pick up five books, I think the Flash would be squarely yeah that's squarely in there. Yeah, sure. yeah. Anything else, Zach? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, so. Um, we wanted to talk about oh go ahead mike sorry oh i was going to i was going to do the transition i think you're going to do oh okay man go we for got it. a lot of book left yeah we yeah. do brian's going to shit we'll we'll get a little we'll get a little faster it's all right all right so go kick us off oh i was just going to say uh you know we normally don't cover gotham academy anymore because i think we were all trade waiting it <laughs> at this point because we know the ends in sight and it's not really a rebirth book, but Mike did want to talk about it for a little bit. So Mike, take it away. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing too huge with this. Uh, you know, narratively I'm like, I haven't been reading the second semester at all, you know? So, uh, I more skimmed this for the art, which I thought was like really fantastic. Um, but you know, I thought back to the first volume of this, which I read, uh, and looking through the art in this and the cast of characters and, 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 and what seems to be going on in this book. And I, I started to get a really strong, like, Runaways vibe. Not necessarily, like, in a tit-for-tat sort of uh, comparison, but more in sort of, like, a... Is spiritual too lame of a word to use? Nah. In this, like, the essence of it. Like, there's, like, a... I feel like Gotham Academy today could be for the readers of today who would have been runaways readers in 2001 does that sort of make sense or does that is that a comparison that has any sort of resonance with you guys i I can get behind that for sure yeah you know like i feel like they're like gotham academy sort of has like some some vaughnisms from time to time (laughs) but uh i don't know man like it and and knowing that 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 this type of book is is out there and from DC like makes me like makes me happy, you know? Like cuz I feel like this is an untapped thread that that DC could be following up on a little bit more. So that's really But yeah, I just really mostly wanted to bring up the the runaways feeling that I had from it. 
Yeah, no, I think that's totally apt. And I also think, um, you know, for a little bit there, back when it was part of like the DCU stuff, um, shortly before Rebirth, I thought like, yes, we are going to get like more of a... This. This. More of like a, more of like a youthful, loose loosely connected to the quote unquote adult, you know, characters. We're going to get more of that. Like this is going to be a huge success. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is one, like you could say this about any number of those DCU books, but I feel like this is one that DC just didn't do a lot of favors for. Yeah. Like, I feel like they could have marketed this or presented it in a, in a different way. I, I guess I don't know how it's doing on the like trade market side of things. But I feel like you you could have had a potential gold mine here, especially considering like I mean, I have a, a nine year old stepdaughter and everybody she, herself included, but everybody in her class reads graphic novels, you mm-hmm. know? They're carrying around the the smiles and the, um, you like know, those books that make cartoonists millionaires. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. They're 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 all walking around with those, and so I feel like this like this should have been right in that wheelhouse, you know. And it just didn't quite. Whether it's the format that it's in or what, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. And I, and you're totally right, you know. Even even if it you know doesn't break as wide in you know the sort of in the in the smile direction that mm-hmm. you're talking about, like even just I don't know. You're right, untapped potential, you know, because you say Runaways to most any regular comics fan, and even if they haven't read it, they know what you're talking about. And I feel like Gotham Academy doesn't have that sort of prevalence, even though it totally could. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this book looks great. And seeing Robin and Maps together. <laughs> Always nice. good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All I right. got that out of my system. Great. Uh, oh, Hal Jordan. Bit, uh... Oh, huh? Huh? <laughs> I looked Go at ahead. the list. <laughs> No, no, you, you do it. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 24, written by Robert Venditti, art by Ethan Van Sciver. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this one, do we, boys? Nah. <laughs> no, but can I tell it's... you... Oh, go. Oh, you go, you go. Uh, I was just going to say it's pretty soap opera-y. It is, it is. Uh, also, like, can we, like, <laughs> Kyle Rayner drawing under a tree? Like, <laughs> I was like, come on, guys. Um... But I find myself in a little bit of a conundrum with this. Um, I often talk about how uh, Ethan is not my preferred Van Skyver. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love Nor Noah, mine. <laughs> I love Noah Van Skyver's work, his body of work, and his cartooning. Um, and I really do not at all like Ethan Van Skyver's artwork. Uh, and sort of outside of that, like I'm not a fan of his politics and sort of like the shenanigans he gets into with that stuff. Mm, Yeah. Um, but then like 
there are times when Ethan shows up in Noah's comics because he does a ton of autobio stuff. And the way he's presented as like this like 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 cool older brother like I've it it softens me to him. You know, like uh Noah did this one strip in an issue of Blamo about how uh Ethan was tabling at some big convention and like brought him along and forced people to buy his mini comics, right? <laughs> like people who were in line for Ethan's signature, he's like, You should buy my brother's books too. Uh, and they did kind of grudgingly and like uh, he did a strip really recently and you know one of the there was like a passage where his brother picks him up from the airport and I don't know like so I found like a sort of dissonance and then I look at this art and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah that's a great great story (laughs) oh thanks it's it's hard because I you know like Green Lantern Rebirth was like one of the comics that like were it was like one of my formative comics, you know. And I think I've like mentioned before I picked up um, Absolute Sinestro Core recently, like on the super cheap, mm-hmm. and was like flipping through it, and I was just like, yeah, this format really doesn't do this any favors because, <laughs> um, and, and like some of the more recent Van Skyver stuff, I feel, but like I I kind of like blew through this arc today to catch up, and I think this is like better than some of his more recent stuff i don't know if he's just like had more time to like work on it it doesn't feel as rushed like there are some scenes that like feel like i don't know a little better but but yeah i it's still i like when sandoval's on this book yeah yeah sandoval's great i mean Um, credit where it's due van skyver's he's definitely a storyteller yeah and his stuff reads, but there's just uh, like his, there's his... like a few good scenes, like when like Sornik like confronts Kyle. That scene I feel like is framed pretty well. Mm. And then like the the like two panel beat with Hal like uh, towards the front of the book was okay. There are a few things that I liked. Yeah, for me, Van Skyver's like. So Green Green Lantern Rebirth came out when I was sixteen. And, sorry, I was not sixteen. No, and I feel like that's the perfect like at that age you want superhero comics that look like Van Skyver's art. You know, you want you want the Finches, you want the Hitches, you want the you want the big bulky. Like you think that that's what superhero comics is, sure, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're first getting into it and you're, you're still a teen, you know, and the, there's a part of that then that sticks with you, you know, like I, str- I, str- I look at Van Skyver's name to this day. Well, maybe not so much since Rebirth has started, but as recently as like in the new 52, I'd look at his name and I would think, oh, oh, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then I'd read it and I'd go, no, that's not the same. You know, that is not, that can't be the same as what I once liked, you know. I think I'm finally over that. But it's just something about that era when when he was the Green Lantern artist for the for the relaunch that meant so much to me. It was hard to shake and I was young and impressionable, you know. <laughs> he's a, I mean. And now now I prefer a, Noah. So. He's a nice guy in, in person. I like saw him at a like small con in Cincy once and it was really slow and I sat and talked with him about Green Lantern for like 
20 or 25 minutes. And he's nice. Yeah, that's good. He is. Yeah. And and did you did you ask him why their uh, biceps are so huge? I didn't ask that. <laughs> I assume it's all the willpower. <laughs> uh, they willed yeah. them to be that big. Ah, uh, I'd will. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say I'd will other things to be can bigger. We, but wah, wah. <laughs> can can we end this on the on the note I made for this? Yeah. yeah. Kyle's kid. That's twisted. That is twisted. <laughs> that is. We should we should start to have like the twisted moment of the week, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't would, it would need its own theme music for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. twisted to rock around. That's right. <laughs> um. All right. Justice League of America number ten, written by Steve Orlando, art from Andy McDonald. Um. Man, this is the book that just like mystifies. Wait, what? What? I want... What? I thought we were all gonna love this. I don't love this. Oh. Do Vince? you love it? Yeah. I, I'm. I'm really close to loving it. See, I love Orlando. Okay, I love Orlando. I do. Um. I'm just not quite there with this yet. I go back yeah. I go back and forth. That's how I've been since like the beginning. It's like on paper this should work and there are things that I like, but Mike, what do you love about it? You know I love Lobo and and uh and Ryan together, like as a combo. Yeah. And I like that Ray got a spotlight. Yeah, I like Ray. But then there are like weird stuff sometimes, like like the like weird little kind of focus on Lobo's childhood and how they all just are kind of like, oh okay, you killed your entire planet. That's cool. Um, but there was gold in that. There was gold in it. Yeah. Like they draw him as a five year old and he still has that mustache. Well, yeah. Okay, that's really good. Like that's, that's great. Perfect. But that's okay. But also that like comes back around to like the tone issue like Mm -hmm. that doesn't really feel like the tone of this book oh i think it is like this book like towards the beginning of the book when uh i don't know who the person is that showed up on that giant television uh just like that tv person yeah yeah oh it seemed like she was talking directly to them oh i think it was like a news thing all right so the newscaster is like someone's killing vanity's wishes and then batman's like we need to be there. You know, it's like, so someone's undoing wishes and Batman's like, this is the case. You know, like, that's, that's amazing. Ah, damn it. You're right. You know? yes. like, I, I don't know. I didn't read it that way, but I, oh, I, this is like the new Justice League International. It's better than that for sure. I agree. You know, it's just so like between that and um, like, little 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 lobo with a mustache like i was like yes like this is you know because i got i saw this page and batman's like we need to be there and my first reaction is like what what does the justice league want to do with this you know like oh someone's undoing wishes you know but like but then i let it settle and i was like no this is great (laughs) yeah see and i don't i don't think I, i i i get that now 
I get that tone now, but I think at the time I just, I don't know. It, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't land on me like that. I see what you're saying. I, feel, I see it. I still don't think I'm sold on it. Oh, uh, I feel like the art fits really nicely with it too. Like there's like that real minimal sort of like everyone's face like are basically like you know when you see a character at a distance it's like two dot eyes and a little line for a mouth. Like yeah, I feel like that helps sort of sell it. You know, it's like there's a cartoonishness to it. There's a a sort of bounciness and a sort of shorthand in all of it. You know, like I think Orlando is sort of shorthanding references to like Bwahaha Justice League and <laughs> uh and art is just shorthand in general, you know? So Yeah. But but then you get like weird like serious stuff with like Ray and his like mom and and Yeah. Yeah. You're right I on just, that. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like the other I feel like the wacky stuff outweighed those things for me you know mm-hmm. and i also appreciated um the reference to vixen being tied to the red yeah uh because i think that was like some really solid that was like that was like a solid idea you know um that yeah glad... orlando's like definitely one of those guys who is like you know good to like pick up on those kind of things and and like add in those like small details yeah i was glad to see that that wasn't jettisoned you know so definitely but yeah i really really liked this Ooh. like this was probably if bug didn't come out this week this might have been my favorite thing just nice. for batman saying we need to be there I'm, I'm glad to hear that and i'm gonna start i'm gonna start reading this book in that way I think another thing that that doesn't quite connect in this book for me are the villains. Like so far I've not cared about a villain that they've gone up against. Yeah. As much as I should, I don't think. See, I can't talk to what came before, but a guy yeah. who like kills wishes, like that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. All right. All right. I'm 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 going I'm going to get myself in a different mindset next time I read this. Yeah, put your mic goggles on. Uh, I I should do that more often. Things get weird. Because <laughs> you start seeing intent in everything. <laughs> You're like, clearly they mean this to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. That's, pos- that's a positive. Yeah. I listened to a bunch of posi hardcore before on my walk <laughs> nice. home. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to be upbeat about this. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. All right. Zach, anything else? Mm, I don't think so. We'll Mike, have a gentleman's disagreement on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I it's like it's it. also more just like a general like my temperature of the series thus far too. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's just it's kind of all over the place. It still hasn't like hit a. There are like story beats that haven't really hit yet or stuck, and like some characters like. Black Canary feels kind of weird and out of place still. Batman is like as kooky as ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that kooky Batman. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. New su- New Superman number 13, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Billy Tan. Here's a good book. For I real. Conti- I continue to love this book. This is the first time I read it. And oh, really? Yeah. So this is a book that um, I fell off of during the first arc and Vince like championed it the whole time. 
and then I picked it back up when the second arc uh, started, and I had to, you know, eat my words and, and admit that I was a fool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's I'm a fool uh, for ignoring it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's insanely good. Like, this is a book where the art matches the tone yes. perfectly, and and it's just like... I, I, I love the way that it, and of course it does because it's got Yang as a writer, but like it filters the Superman mythos through this like teenage Chinese perspective. And like, I feel like it legitimately does. Like, it's not just playing at that. Like it's, it's giving us the whole picture of it. It feels authentic is what I'm saying. Yes. And my snap judgment of the series when it first started coming out was that it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I like guess my assumption, my wrong, my wrongheaded assumption on it was that like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, I don't know, like, oh, like we're going to have a Justice League in, in China now. Like, I don't know. Like it just didn't seem like something that would sell. You know what it kind of seemed like? When they have to have that scene in Transformers where they're in Hong Kong to appease the Chinese audience, like, yes, <laughs> yes, and you know that I know now that that was wrong, but that was the assumption that I had. Yeah, and you know, a few we I guess like whenever the last time we talked about this book and I was on and I was kind of down on it for like having the like evil Superman thing, mm-hmm. but. Like the this like totally, it, it took it in like a different direction than I expected, and it's 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 not. I I again, you know, apologize for my wrongness. <laughs> Yang Yang knows better than I do. Yeah, and the tone is so perfect in this. Like it's mm-hmm. it's bouncy and jokey when it needs to be. It's serious, you know. Like uh, like I guess that's like the Aquaman of China that was in that little box with the water. Mm-hmm. Um, like when they started boiling him in there, I was like, "Oh shit, this is fucked up," but not fucked up in that in like a Kyle's kid sort of way, like, <laughs> um, you know. But then and then like you have like a uh, and then it cuts from that to like thick Batman. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes, he thick. So yeah, he yeah, he, yeah that's right. <laughs> He's uh, the this book is like, so I I've been pretty down on slot spider-man lately as of i and yeah and man slot like slot spider-man used to be like my bread and butter but now this has replaced it for like this is the spider-man that i need right now <laughs> yeah you're right i love this yeah. i do too. i uh i think keenan is probably like maybe like my favorite new character to come out of rebirth Mm-hmm. Do you think I don't know a... how many new characters there have been? <laughs> um, do you think he's that's... a new character that can break through? Like, do you think he'll he'll stay? Man, I don't know. God, I hope so. I but just like they... the other times that he's like shown up too. Like he showed up in Superman. Yeah. For the like multiplicity arc, and he, you know, like the anytime he right shows now. up, yeah, anytime he shows up, like in another book, I kind of just do like a like a fist pump <laughs> to myself, you know. Yeah, because he's got like the like a sort of like a kid Superman thing going on without being yeah. Superboy, you know. Mm-hmm. He and, kind of like reminds me a lot of like, and maybe this is like totally unfounded because I get I really haven't like read that much of 
Ultimate Spider-Man, but like I get like a Milesy vibe from him. I don't know why. I could see I just that, think but about I also him haven't and, read a lot and, of like it. his yeah, in like his relation to like an older hero and it's cool to just have like a teen a yeah teen and like how yeah. he kind of like idolizes the the older version right yeah right? like or not idolizes yeah. but like you know what i'm getting at like there's like a strong reverence there yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was so good he, yeah and he's I, I love how he is essentially like a version of superboy but i never look at him and think superboy you know, no, I, no. I think of him as the new Superman of China. Like he's never, he, he doesn't fit into that box that you would think that a Superboy does. Yeah. Does whatever a Superboy can. <laughs> <laughs> and since I wasn't here for last issue, um, I just wanted to like chime in and say that like the Wonder Woman twist thing from that was super cool. I liked that a lot. From wait, refresh my from the la- from the last issue where you find out that she's like a fairy tale snake. Oh person. yes, yep, yep, yep. And this yeah. had and this had a moment where it touched the ninety sweet spot for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Bane like Bane was about to break his back. <laughs> yes. Like that was almost like that was that was like that scene from Batman. Uh, that was great. Yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah. This book's really good. Yeah, it's man. still really good. I uh it's it's getting up in that point where like niche books at DC tend to end towards cancellation and mm. I I hope it uh sticks around for a while. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, but you never know. Do you guys yeah. do you guys know what was up with the colored text in this? Like, so was... yeah, they do that um so like in this book, anytime anyone is speaking in, in like saying something that would be spoken in English, it's blue. Oh. Yeah. So the oh, rest of cool. the time, it's Mandarin. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you're watching the Spanish Channel and recognize like a brand, it's like Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And so I those... noticed they kind of did like the inverse thing in this week's action, where like when Keenan was speaking in Mandarin, it was blue. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, that's man, that's so cool. smart. It's a nice touch. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to reread this, or reread. I'm gonna try to read this from the beginning. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And I mean, great. like, as good as it is with Tan, it's always I always enjoy it like even more when it's Bogdanovic on art. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number twelve. Uh, written by Scott Lobdell, everyone's favorite, Scott Lobdell, and uh, art by Dexter Soy. I th- um, mm. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I think that Lobdell jurgens me. Ooh. You the... mean he, po- he pointed at you, or? Well, no. Like, I think this might have been good. That You know what? We have been saying uh, since this since Rebirth. That this is like the best thing Scott Lebdell has done at DC. Is that what we've been saying, Zach? Yeah, we've definitely been saying. Yeah. That for sure. Now he had a little. There's a little bit of a downer arc where he spent like way too much time on backstory for Artemis, mm. and it was it was spectacularly boring. It was the arc right before this one. 
but I th- I think we're back, guys. Like I think this was good. I uh yeah I'll admit I I didn't read this one just because I had been off the book for that Artemis arc. I just kind of like put it away and I didn't realize that this was the start of a new arc. Mm. But one of the best things about this run has been Bizarro. I think we would maybe agree. Uh-huh. I would. And so close on that. Yeah, so a Bizarro-centric arc, I'm down for that. So I'll have to go back and check this out. Yeah, it's good. You know, like, when when this came up on the pile, I was like, here we go. (laughs) And I even questioned, like, do I want to read? Like, do I want it? Because the clock was ticking, and there was a lot of reading to do. And I was like, do I even want to bother with this? And I don't know, man. I think it was good. My common sense is telling me that it shouldn't be. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, you know, like it's like Lobdell and Arsenal and I don't know, Artemis, I guess. Which every every time her name was mentioned, I kept thinking of Always Sunny. <laughs> Artemis Punjabi. I got a bleached asshole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, I, I, think, I think you found the one way that this book would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> if that actress played her. Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. And uh, and let's see. Uh, D- Dennis is definitely uh, Jason Todd. <laughs> yep. And Mac is bizarro. Mac is bizarro. <laughs> I do backflips all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Uh-huh. And then at the end, when uh, when Lex Luthor comes in, instead of Lex coming in, it's Frank. It's Frank. <laughs> Got to find a nymph for Charlie. Yeah, I don't know what Charlie. I don't know what Charlie would do. He's too good for this world. He is too, too pure. <laughs> yeah. Charlie. Charlie is that little Superman doll that. Uh, oh. <laughs> that Bizarro carries around. With Take care of him. <laughs> oh. It's yeah. Good. This was. This was surprisingly heartwarming. Yeah. Like, he made me give a crap about Bizarro. Yeah. And, you know, however many issues it's been. What, 12? It was one for me. One for you. There you go. Yeah. Even better. Zach, check this out. I will. I'll go back. It's Dexter Soy on art again, so like... Oh, so it's doubly good again. It's doubly good. Yeah, he's good. Okay. I love the way that Dexter Soy does action. Um, oh, like the got... fight, the fight between Bizarro and uh, uh, Solomon Grundy is like appropriately that was so good. Yeah, it's very appropriately um, heavy. You want to talk about something that's like egregiously not good <laughs> that doubles down on all of its badness? Mm, that's a segue. That? It it maybe commits one of the like biggest sins that I think this book has done so far. Ooh. It does the one unforgivable thing. Ooh. What are you talking about? I'm intrigued. I'm talking about Suicide Squad number 21 <laughs> written by Rob Williams and illustrated by Gus Vasquez in which Rob Williams makes Rob Williams makes the foolish decision of of just just castrating the one good character he's created in this book by making him speak real words. Cosmonaut? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're and right. And then he beats cro- him to death. 
Yeah. Yeah. This continu- um, this continues we- to be the book that doesn't give you what you want. So, um, one of the like souvenirs I brought back from Japan um, for my wife was a like little bag that has a cat on it, and like it has this like really kind of like butchered English translation that like doesn't make any sense. What does and- it say? man i can't it says something about like hobbyist patrol and like (laughs) um uh something is the trouble consultation or something like that but um i'll try and find it i'll like i should find a picture of it send it to you guys but um basically every time that the enchantress talks in this issue it made me think of that (laughs) Like, uh, there's a phrase on here, um, mass human suffering and the hungry maw of murder is my torture pledge. <laughs> that should be on an adorable t-shirt in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this book is anymore. Or uh, if I ever had, like, any idea of it, I'm definitely, I was definitely wrong. My my favorite moment was when Amanda Waller was <laughs> soberingly staring at the statue of Abraham Lincoln oh at the Lincoln God. Memorial. Um, yeah. So, this book pains me mm-hmm. because Rob Williams is great normally, right? Yeah, I mean, like beyond him being great normally, like I. <clears throat> See, this is going to sound like a a dumb thing to say after having read this, but I, I, I genuinely think that Rob Williams either is or could be one of the best writers in comics today. Like, the stuff that he does, and I don't mean to beat this drum because I beat it all the time. Uh... Uh... Like, the stuff that he does over on Judge Dredd and in 2000 Mm -hmm. AD is, it's gobsmacking. I think that he, he is definitely my favorite Dredd writer, and I think that he may rival John Wagner in terms of, like, the superior Dredd writer at the moment. Uh, like the stuff that he does is just so heady and so thoughtful and so thorough and the artists that he works with like he is in uh he is in it he is in the UK to what I think John Arcudi is in the US mm. which is that like they're both writers who only seem to work with phenomenal artists mm-hmm. uh but then Williams comes over to the US and like he gets saddled with whoever's doing the art on this and i don't know man i don't know i got i got to that abe lincoln thing and i was like is this what he thinks it's like over here (laughs) (laughs) so like and i hate saying anything like i hate criticizing his work you know but yeah oh yeah well here's here was my take on it from a couple weeks ago um Neither of you were there, so I'm just gonna repeat. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat myself. Um, so, sorry to any listeners that have already heard this, but I'm convinced because I know how talented Rob Williams is, and I'm talking about between 2000 AD, some of the stuff that he did over at Marvel, and his 
Martian Manhunter, like all of which I've been a huge fan of. Like this could not like I could not possibly hate Suicide Squad more as a comic. And so I feel like this has to be intentional on Rob Williams part that like he he got Suicide Squad over here and his vision for it is intentionally this loud ugly ultra american ultra american mess of a comic where every character is shouting all the time every character is as, as extreme as they can be um it's purposely gross it's purposely grimy um it purposely goes nowhere it's just a series of like incompetence and double crosses by this team and the people that lead it and it results in a book that is not up my alley at all, but it's intentionally something that he's going for. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I think he is getting, I think he's hitting what he wants to hit. I just think it will never be for me. It's not unlike the criticism of Tom King on Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, yeah. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. It's, that's, uh... That makes, Yeah. That's perfect. Makes perfect sense. They're both commenting on something, but execution <laughs> makes yeah. it fall flat. You know, like the yep. the thing that I noted for this issue is, and this is probably like, uh, if I could sound like an art school asshole for a second, um, my problem with this book is like I didn't like it, and I didn't dislike it. I just felt absolutely nothing. Like it's a like someone created a thing and it didn't move me in any sort of direction. You know what I mean? Mm. Like with Vince, at least with you, like you have like an emotional reaction to it, right? You're like, I hate this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like yeah. I just felt like I like, it's like eating celery or an unsalted avocado, <laughs> you know, like it was just nothing. I don't know. Zach. Yeah, I don't know. At least when I do those things, I feel like healthy, <laughs> like clean. <laughs> neither, neither are feelings I get from reading this book. So, touche, touche. <laughs> That's perfect. That's... Just like that, my analogy comes undone. Yeah. Yep. All right, we can't do any better than that. Nope. For Suicide Squad. All right, Supergirl number eleven, written by Steve Orlando, art by Brian Ching. You know, this is kind of the same story as JLA was for me. I go back and forth on how much I am interested in what Orlando's doing with this character. Unlike Justice League, I have nothing to say to try to redeem it. Mm. <laughs> Other than the art is, the art is good. I love Brian Ching's art, yeah, too. for sure. But I'll be damned if I know what happened in this comic. Yeah, this was kind of a tough one to jump into because they had like, they it's had the ended up arc. in the, yeah, end of an arc. Um, they jumped into the Phantom Zone, and yeah, basically, the, and they're they're fighting like a psychic pirate, you know, which mm-hmm. is cool. Like, okay, but not cool psycho idea, pirate, but not psycho pirate. Yeah. No. Um, 
like a lot. I like a lot of the ideas here, and I love Orlando is a great ideas man, and um, I love the cliffhanger. Like I think that's a that's a pretty great way to end a comic. Yeah, uh, Kara getting shot getting shot with a kryptonite bullet by Cat uh, Grant. <laughs> pretty fantastic, but uh, yeah, this arc just felt off to me. I don't know, Zach. I I still wonder like if like there was some shenanigans going on behind the scenes with like the whole Saturn girl business Uh because you have this character who was like teased and is like very Saturn girl esque, but then like not, I I feel like he had to like do some like, you know, last minute rearranging for this arc. Cause that's, that's Saturn girl, right? Like, yeah, but it, but not. But not. Wait, where are you guys talking about? There were like some solicit stuff. So like, like give me. Well, a I guess it started off. Oh, page I guess uh, seventeen. So like, what it was is like I don't know. Did you read um, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, Mike? No. Okay. So like, there was like an editor's thing in there that was like, oh, follow up on some legion stuff in supergirl and then there were some solicits along the way for like this for like supergirl and then there was like a batgirl annual that like heavily hinted that um like saturn girl was going to show up because that's been like a rebirth plot thread you know Mm -hmm. um but then when this like art got here it like wasn't saturn girl it was just another kind of like telepathic girl and um so I, I just I think that like something like some kind of plans changed along the way and he had to kind of just, you know, like roll patch, with it. Patch a lot of art. Yeah. Or something. Or I yeah, I don't know. I think something happened that kind of like threw this arc off a little bit. That's my um kind of like armchair analyst here. I mean it wouldn't be an unprecedented thing to happen in comics. No, yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't care for this. Yeah. All right, anything else? Mm-mm. All right, Superwoman number 12, written by Kay Perkins, art by Steven Segovia. Um, oh, so was this in the... I didn't read this. Oh, okay. Well, I don't you, have didn't, it. You, didn't, you didn't miss much. Yeah, and I think for especially for somebody like reading just one issue mm-hmm. i don't i don't think you would have gotten anything out of this for someone dumb like me is that what you're saying no 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 <laughs> no well just... this, yeah this book is um it's like a totally different beast than it was you know five or six issues ago like when jimenez was still on it yeah yeah but you know i i think we've said on the show that like we actually like i like k perkins writing here and i like like i think i think what where she's taken these characters after uh jimenez was done with them is interesting enough but now it's been like it's been like four or five issues or something and i kind of feel like it's spinning its wheels like at the end of this issue we're basically where we were when she took the book over which is that lana 
still has her superwoman powers. They've basically spent these last four issues going through like her thinking she's lost them to having to decide whether she was going to be a hero still or not to like discovering that she actually still has them. And it just like, I don't think the writing's bad. I just don't think it's really now. I don't think it's really accomplished all that much. It, I thought, like I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought it ended on like a really weird note because you like have this kind of like ominous like so so to like just the the set dressing is basically like um, one of Steele's uh, relatives like his nephew was kidnapped um, and so they're kind of like chasing down the the villain who who did who like kidnapped him and he um, is like. There's like an urban legend that this that this like villain mutate like kidnaps children and like mutates them and he like has this like ominous statement of like oh well wait till you see like what I've done to him but then like the issue like ends and doesn't really like address that it's just like really happy because she got her powers back. Huh. Um, they there's like no resolution like they don't find him they beat the villain but they like don't find the kid and no one really mentions it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. But, but I feel like, I feel like... The, the way you guys are describing this, it's two of my least favorite superhero tropes in one. Lo- losing the powers and... And being like, should I still be a hero? Should I hang <laughs> up the tights? That that idea should have ended with Spider-Man no more. Yeah, because you got that... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's pretty much what this this has been for sure. Yeah. It's like the know. will they won't they of, of Cape Comics. Only there are still will they won't they's, but uh-huh. <laughs> it's one of the two. You're such a Jim. You're the Jim to my Pam. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. Uh Titans number thirteen, written by one of Mike's favorites, yep. Dan Abnett. Yep. Art art by V. Ken Marion doing a a weird Brett Booth impression. It's, it's the it's the Norm uh, Rappend, I think. Oh, Ames. the Norm Rappend effect. Yeah. That effect is not yeah. good. No, it's not. There's like one panel where like Nightwing's face is pointing in three different directions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his eyes are cocked one way and his nose and mouth are in their own directions. It's oh like, my oh. god, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I'm God. having trouble picking out like which panel you're talking about though. Yeah, let me see I, if I can find it. You guys talk, li- they, talk on this well, a little it's bit. Like, it's like every page is like that sort of. Oh, it's but like there was the, there was one the third that was, like, page. Extra. I think. Is it the one where he's holding out his? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh yeah page four panel two. That's yeah. special. The one. So the memory engram. Uh, who are you talking memory. to, Dick? Yeah. Me? Him? Yeah. It's like when you think oh, someone's God. saying hi to you, but it's someone beyond you. Yeah, yep. You wave, <laughs> and then you're like, oh. Uh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So, so Mike, why does Dan Abnett keep getting saddled with substandard art in in America? Uh, because my impression of my impression of Abnett in America, particularly at DC, 
is that he's like he's a real workhorse. Uh huh. And I guess that, and so maybe that means that he's able to work at a pretty fast pace. And so they're just pairing him with artists that are going to be able to turn in. They're going to be able to turn around an issue quickly. Like, like, listen, like no matter what, no matter who the artist is, like no one wants to have their name attached to Dick Grayson's face looking like that. You know what I mean? Like, no one wants that to be, like, no one wants that association. So I look at stuff like this and I say, this is obviously, like, deadline pressure, right? You did it, and you're like, that's fucked up, but I got to keep moving, you know? So, like, like it just feels like a fast, a fast book, you know? But And then, like, even to go one step beyond that, like... I I'm I'm way behind on Aquaman like to the point where like I sh- saying I'm way behind is unfair because it implies I'm going to continue reading it. Mm. Um, you, sh- you should jump back on just with like issue 25. Yeah, Greg was twisting my arm of, on that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like a it's like a whole new book almost. Like that's or, good to I mean, hear. It's a, it's a good enough like jump on point, but aside. But it's like like this Stan Abnett is unrecognizable to me. You know, yeah. like like he wrote a Warhammer novel where it turned out that the uh, where it turned out that the hero was a fucking wheelbarrow. He <laughs> he uh, he does a strip in 2000 AD where it's basically like an intergalactic customs, right? But it's compelling and fantastic. Like he like he's able to take mundane ideas and turn them into. And turn them into real gold, you know. And mm-hmm. I guess that's maybe that's the problem with superhero stuff is that there's, there's, n- like, there's very little mundane when people can, when people are at their peak physical condition and can do basically anything they want. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's I think that's fair. But this I was think, a bad think... comic. Yeah, it 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 was not good. And our, our general rule for this for Titans is that, um, you know, there wasn't there was one issue that Lee Weeks drew, and that was great. yeah the race. Yep, I read that. And then there was one or two other issues where Zach helped me out here. Who was the? Um. Well, it was good during Lazarus' contract. Yes, obviously that, that was it. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like I. Even like kind of liked the last issue with Rockefeller, where it was just like super over the top, um, like dramatic soap opera stuff. Oh yeah, and I, I like I, yeah I do like Rockefeller. Um, I know I called him a pinup artist earlier, but like I do I do generally like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that was uh, yeah that was a fun issue because it was steeped in in. In in the mundane, actually, I mean, yeah. it was it was the the heroes like just bopping around Titan's Tower and getting into like just, just out. Se- sexy times. Yeah, that's and, that's what Abnett does best, like that in between stuff that shouldn't be interesting. Yeah, yeah, more of that. Let's do a whole book of that. But, uh, yeah. but I think I think you should try Aquaman twenty five. Just, just. For Dan Abnett's sake, I'll pick it up next time I'm at the shop. It gets like political, right? That's what Greg was telling me. Well, it gets, it now gets it's like 
it's oh, almost kind of like high like fantasy now. It's like it's like, like Game of Thrones political. Yeah, if, okay, if that helps. And it it's actually like... kind of reminds me of like the. It reminds me a bit now in tone to the like. Buzek, uh, like Sword of Atlantis. Mm. Okay. Stuff from like the 2000s, yeah, like yeah. Infinite Crisis era. That's kind of what it reminds me of. But like the, I I always like get the artist's name wrong. Vince, like what's Stefan Sejic? Yeah, Sejic. Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan yes. is oh illustrating and um, <laughs> writing an album yep. to like go along with it. Yep. He releases each track with each issue. Yep. <laughs> One about every neighborhood in Atlantis. Oh my god. You have no idea how much my wife would be all over that. <laughs> oh man, dream project. Yep. <laughs> totally off off like tangent. Have yeah, you have you ever about? seen the have you ever seen the the Photoshop of Sufian as Superman? No. <laughs> no, but I'm it's Googling really, that. It's really good. <laughs> Swam to Atlantis. All things go. All things go. <laughs> like a really solid banjo intro. Yeah. Yep. Swelling oh orchestration. It, it's funny because it's like uh, it, I think it came from a paste article. It's Henry Cavill's Superman, but he looks. That's wow. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Oh, that's less comedic than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's throwing some real hunk vibes right there. Yeah. Oh man. All right, oh, man. All right. Anything else on Titans? No, no. This wasn't very good. I guess we should. This it does continue some of the like soap opera relationship stuff, but only very briefly at the end. The rest of it is this just mishmash of like. The art's the art's just really weak. That's all yeah. there is to it. Yeah, it's it's awful to look at. <laughs> it is. It's right. actually it's actually worse than Brett Booth, if you ask me. Like, because it's like even more like milk toast. Because it's going for Booth, and then like, because it's clearly Booth's inker inking somebody who's not Booth mm. as, you know. But I don't know, man. Booth has done some things that I consider unforgivable yeah, well, that's in terms of the true. shape yes. of a human body. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a picture saved on my phone of, I don't know what character it is, but she's holding like a can of soda above her head. And it's just like the worst. Well, he did I... bring back stretchy pizza, so. <laughs> He's the pizza man. <laughs> All right, last last issue, guys. This has been a run. Um, last issue, Wonder Woman number twenty six, written by Shea Fontana, art by Mirka Andolfo. This is Shea Fontana's first uh, first issue of Wonder Woman and the first issue post Rucka. Uh, what do we think about the post Rucka era of Wonder Woman? Um. This feels a bit like a filler arc. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It took a while to get going. I I got into it once she got to this like 
party or dinner, the 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 yeah. wedding, I guess it was. I got into it a little more because Diana got to like. First of all, she's dressed up to not look like Diana for this wedding, and then she got to kind of cut loose with this kid, you know, that needs her because she's missing her shoes or whatever. And I kind of thought like, okay, I can, I can play along with this, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't give too much of a crap about anything that came before that. Yeah. Um, I, I have some problems with the art. Yeah. I feel like, um, I guess it's sort of interesting. Like, I feel like the artist on this issue had, had a problem that was inverse like the inverse of a lot of um superhero artists uh like a lot of like like lower tier superhero artists and that they will seem to be able to like in the titans issue right like an artist who can draw like human bodies and musculature but then totally shit the bed on faces (laughs) this i feel like is the opposite like if if this artist just had to draw faces like pinups like it'd be great like you look at like the way that uh like eyes and lashes and brows are handled and like pouty mouths and things like that and it's like oh i can see the talent there but then it's like branching out into the rest of the body becomes like a like an unfocused unsure struggle to to present action and anatomy is that too mean I don't think that's too mean. Okay. I don't know if I I don't know if I noticed it as much as you did. Um, I, got to, I, I got to a panel where uh, I guess that general is like, you know, I've seen some things. So if you ever want to talk and like the last panel is just like a slouchy Diana making like a face. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I, th- I thought that panel directly to like the left of that something about like his arm looks really short and yeah, his suit looks, like looks a really big a mustache yes exactly yeah <laughs> yes exactly like it's two kids in a trench coat oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 he, he does look very very young for for a guy with a great mustache yeah Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't I totally didn't <laughs> notice that until now. You know what he looks like? Zach Zach might be the only one that gets this reference, but he looks like an Advance Wars character. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen like yeah. Like yes. the old generals had like just very smooth skin because they were just drawn as like chibi anime characters. That's kinda what he looks like. But then there are like some really like good panels like page 12 in the digital version like that middle panel of the guy hiding behind the flyers like mm-hmm. i don't know that's like, a, a great expression yeah, yeah for sure yeah like she's good with the like acting through eyes you know what i mean mm-hmm. which is really difficult to do but like the rest of it seems like i said she the artist is a is a woman right yes okay. yes that's right yep. um you know, like she's. It seems like she's 
interested in facial acting and like couldn't like is far less interested in like the rest of the body acting i don't know i don't know even just the way she handles line like you compare the way like even like like so that panel i was just talking about like you compare the line quality and like his hair and ears and eyes and brow and then compare that line quality to his hands like his fingers that you see there and it's like i don't know Mm, yeah you can see where the interest is so yeah for sure yeah that's a good did you guys like this issue Overall, it was not not really. No. Yeah, me either. Me either. I mean, I know it's hard to follow Rucka, but yeah. Like like I said, like I could by the end, I could get on board with with the fun of bopping around with this little kid. And yeah, like, like crawling around under tables and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I I mean, I'm in for that, but anything else that happened in this issue, I didn't care about. So overall, I you know, I mean, I'm, I'll read the next issue because I've gotta. But <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't think I wouldn't think anything of. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be interested in the rest of this arc based on this issue. Yeah, I even found the cliffhanger to be like sort of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that bomb a... is one second from blowing up, though. That's pretty. <laughs> What is she gonna do? <laughs> Obviously, they're all gonna die. Then that's the last issue of Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, the they, they decided to kill it before James Robinson got on board. Yep, series finale right now. The movie was too popular and too well received critically. So, Dan yep. the deal was like, "We've seen the mountaintop." Yep. <laughs> He's he, he George Costanza's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good night, everybody. Gotta leave him oh. one more. That's what that's what I learned. That's what I learned on my time on reboot. All right. So if Dan DiDio is George Costanza, <laughs> oh, we're doing this, aren't oh, we? Boy. I don't think we, I. Th- I think we've. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it. We'll yeah. save it for another day. I'll think about it. I'm spent. I guess <laughs> I would make Jim Lee Jerry. Maybe. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Jergens is oh, Newman. <laughs> Jergens. Yeah. Jergens. Jergens. Damn it. We did it again. Yep. Oh, God. Well, Mike, it's been a blast having you. Yeah, it was, this is a lot of fun. I'm really, really glad to uh, to have been here and super elongate this episode for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It's only about an hour longer than we usually go <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to plug your your brilliant show? Uh, sure, sure. Um, over on Multiversity, uh, Greg and I do a do a podcast twice weekly. It's called Robots from Tomorrow. Uh, our first episode of the week, we do uh we do a pull list where we look at some of the things coming out on Wednesday, and we we uh we hem and haw over what we wanna what we wanna recommend to people. And then we do also the second show we do every week is a longer form discussion. So either interviews or book reviews or just sort of uh, free talk, I guess. Uh, And then every month we wedge in uh, some previews episodes where we look at the Diamond Previews catalog and get to talk a lot about the in-between things that we don't usually get to cover on a weekly basis. So 
yeah robotsfromtomorrow.com is where you can find that we're coming All up right. like i think we just put episode 415 in the can oh my god so yeah someday someday we'll get there zach are we getting close to 100 i can't i'm bad about that yeah we were at like 75 or 76 or something okay yeah We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. You guys got to do that double shipping. You put up numbers real quick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What are we thinking? Oh, man. It's the thing to do these days. It is. It is. Um, Zach, I'm glad you didn't die. I thought I thought you were dead. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. You're good again. And I'm good again. That was, a, that was a nice touch. And next week, the three of you will be back together, right? I believe so, yeah. Unless Brian dies. Brian could unless, die. Unless the monumental return. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't come back, you guys can hang out with, with me, your cool uncle, again. Oh, yeah. Any Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime you want to come back to our show and school us on what's good <laughs> about comics. So Brian, yeah. Brian went out for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. Mike, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at YeahMikeRomeo. I'm also on Instagram at YeahMikeRomeo. I'm more active there. Oh, interesting. I got to I gotta get on there. Get, on, on, me. On, get that, on me. I'm not on that Insta, Instagram yet like all the mm. other kids. Uh, us us youths, that, we love it. Yes. Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> the youths. Zach, where are you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at SirFox89. Good night, everybody. But I don't Instagram much. <laughs> That's okay. Did you did you Instagram the the dance that uh, you and Maddie did? No, to... I think that was just on Twitter. Okay. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Sweet, sweet.